Hey everybody, it's another episode of Artcade Podcast. <laughs> um, I am your host, Debbie Hero. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and listening to these crazy conversations that we're having. Spring is almost here. How's your March going? We're just getting started here, but the sun is coming out. Uh, the days are getting warmer, and pretty soon we will all be together drinking spritzes, talking shitzes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone face-to-face again. Hopefully this summer um, we can open everything up again. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see how everything goes. Anyways, today's episode, we have Ale, Justina, and Ute from Improper Walls Gallery. Uh, Actually, I should say (laughs) Alternative Space, um, which I just realized is a thing. And it's pretty fucking awesome. This is a really cool episode. Um, we talk a lot about everything. I don't know. We I don't think we left anything out. Um, it's a rather long episode, about a little over two and a half hours. So buckle in. Um, get out your sketch pad. Get your paints ready. Uh, get ready to sit back and listen to our conversation about art, the art scene, as usual, the stuff that we like to talk about here on the podcast. Uh, we talk about gallery life and um being immigrants and you know you know just everything i don't know uh it's a little bit of everything for a little bit of everyone so um sit back turn it up let's get started with this episode featuring improper walls <laughs> it's good because it sounds, you have that ambiance. No, I can just bring the next one. And like, <laughs> like you're gonna have a drunk interview. I'll be ready. It's perfect. It's Friday, there. and we need to. There you go. Is it for using or it's something? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's for using. that's a coaster. Yeah, good. free coasters. I have to say also, like today, it's not a very good day for talking. So what, for me, it? at least. What's that? <laughs> I think sometimes you have these days like when you can just talk and uh, like things just flow out mm-hmm. of you and like some days it just nothing goes. Yeah, so like you're, you have like a, a kind of a mental it. dam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't, just let it come freely. Maybe the wine ke- helps loosen the dam. Yeah. 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 That's, sure. that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> but, so we'll get started now, yeah? yeah, yeah. So thank you all for coming to the Artcade podcast. <laughs> and check this out. Uh, do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, individually, <laughs> <laughs> we have improper walls in the house. So, yeah. who who wants to introduce themselves first? As a, I'm Justina. Justina. I'm Ale. And I'm Urte. Urte. Cool. Good. So that's the whole podcast. <laughs> Appreciate you guys coming by. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> <it. laughs> Alright, so we'll see you like next time. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, what's going on? What's new? I, maybe we should start with. Um, because it's on the front of everybody's mind with COVID and everything. How's the? Have you been navigating COVID and and the whole pandemic and the lockdowns and everything? How's how have you been? I guess navigating this with with the gallery and stuff. I have to say we kept ourselves very busy, and yeah. like I just realized it was one year already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think when COVID hit, we first opened in beginning of April when we could let uh, people mm-hmm. end of. 
May. In May, yeah, because May we could let like people in inside of the gallery already. But we never stopped actually working. So it was just yeah. one month or two months um, last year, and then we always had show, shows happening, and mm -hmm. we. We introduce very different ways. So one would be having digital exhibitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, what we're doing now, and also always having window shows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I think this came out kind of later, because at the beginning of the of the pandemic and everything, so we took some time for ourselves, of course, like to di digest everything that was happening, mm -hmm. and then uh, we introduced a blog, like in proper dose. Because, of course, we, we could not have the, the exhibition or the gallery room open. Yeah. And then we still wanted to have like this connection to, to the audience. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to introduce kind of like our interests, yeah. our personal interests mm -hmm. a bit more. I think we were afraid that we won't have what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, let's do something. Like, let's do a blog. Yeah, I think it's it, yeah. that's the interesting thing about it is that you have to be really more creative about how you're doing the exhibitions and stuff. Where, yeah. Where's the gallery at? Uh, it's, I know it's on Randolph but do you want to tell everyone where, where they can find the gallery? Uh, sure, like 15th District in Vienna, yeah. uh, Randolph Gasse. Randolph Gasse, yeah. blooming uh, <laughs> street, <laughs> we call it like this. And you're, you had an anniversary recently, right? Or, or you have an anniversary coming up? Come um, up. It's either one or the other. So. Actually, <laughs> it's right in the middle. Um, yes, we did. Uh, we have yeah. an anniversary. It was in May. Um, okay. In May, we had six years, right? Um, so it's not an anniversary. I would say just oh, a birthday. Just a birthday. A birthday. Okay, a birthday. that sounds even better. I think the anniversary is when you're like five years or ten years or 15, like in my understanding. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, and now we're going to turn seven in May. Seven in May. That's mm -hmm. great. Congratulations. That's really awesome. Thank you. That's really cool. So how did um, Improper Walls come to be? I guess let's start with how you found the space initially. Did you, mm -hmm. Were you looking for a space or did somebody say, hey, I have this place. It's, can you clean it up and move in? Yeah. Uh, it's always very complicated story. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and I think we tell it a bit differently all the time, but <laughs> let's try. Just, just the cliff notes, the, the easiest way you can... Yeah. Or it's held the long way, it doesn't matter. So. Okay, I will just try. And okay. Justina, please help me. Um, so it was me, Justina, and Justus um, who decided to wrap, uh, actually wanted to have a like shared space for mm -hmm. doing our different projects. Mm -hmm. So Justus uh, Pranavich, so Justus is an artist name, um, he's an artist himself, mm -hmm. and we wanted to do other things with Justina. And we started to look for places to rent and most probably to live there as well. So mm -hmm. that was our initial plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it happened that we lived just around the corner around of Geisen. And I was passing by, going to work or somewhere, and I just saw that this place is for rent. Mm -hmm. And I really love the street. I always find it very cute. And then we were like, okay, let's check out this place. And it was such a quick decision that we just take this place, mm -hmm. like without like really thinking truly, like very most spontaneous thing I ever did in my life, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I think after a few weeks we were just sitting in this place in December, it's cold, we're sitting on the floor and we were like, what are we doing with this place? Mm -hmm. We can't actually live here because it's so tiny. Yeah. We actually asked landlord to build a shower so like we can live there illegally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that so was still a plan. He built it for us, ah. yes, because we asked, because we still thought like one of us can still live there <laughs> um yeah but then we ended up sitting on the floor and like thinking what we can do and and it ended up like that we started to develop the idea of having an art gallery which mm -hmm. was not an initial idea or mm -hmm. it was not really a big dream for Ava of us like mm -hmm. Ava of three of us mm -hmm. 
But I think like we just, we worked actually on this renovating place and making it nice, it was very like messed up. It was very bad. Like we had to like build walls, we build a ceiling even. We removed three layers of carpets and wow. all other things. That three layers of carpets? Five, I think. Like it was a lot. It was like all different kind of like carpets <laughs> and like parquet. I don't know, even know how to call it. Even. That's crazy. Yes, until we reached the, the beautiful um, cement. Yeah, how yeah. How do you say mm-hmm. it? Yeah, concrete yeah. Uh, floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had to hang a ceiling and do everything and it's still like not very perfect. Like it's still like a lot of difference. Like if you go through one corner to another corner, it could be like 80 centimeters difference. So yeah. It's never like perfect shapes, though. <laughs> uh, that's why they're called actually improbables. Yeah. They, they came from uh, the name came from. But basically, we took around um, five months, like on renovating and building our idea, like what we want to do, what mm-hmm. does it actually mean to have an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And all of us, like all three of us, um, um, from Lithuania. So we were like also pretty fresh in Vienna and not really at all to say like an art scene yeah so for us everything was very much of a beginning it was yeah and then we just had the first opening and that's how everything started how long <laughs> after you moved to vienna did you find the space and start to do this after one year a bit more than one year oh, because okay. the story is that i think we came um uh, to vienna when, when was it 2000 12? 12, yes. And, right. and like exactly one year after Eustace. Oh, okay. And he joined us and lived with us. And that's how we like got together, like mm-hmm. to this, uh, came to this idea. Uh, so, and it was very fast when we came to this idea. And like uh, after two months, I think we already had a space. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> so, as Ulta said, it was very spontaneous. And like now when you think back, it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How did it happen? So it's very hard to also to tell the story. Yeah. Because you cannot believe yourself, like, you know, how, yeah. how did we manage what we were thinking? Yeah. And they had so different ideas and how like, you know, how should we do it legally? We wanted to do business, then we got to know maybe it's better to do non profit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all these things were so new for us. Yeah. And also like researching, you know, what does it, what does it mean to have a gallery? How is the process, how yeah. you contact artists and everything. Yeah, but we did it super fast. Yeah. Like, wow. Then we were like just like in a cold water and we like swam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I meant this, it. Sometimes that's the best way to do it, you know, because if you think too much about it, you might think your way out of it, and then you're like, ah, oh, yeah. I think that exactly. a lot of people who kind of just go straight for it, they they accomplish a lot more than they mm-hmm. thought that they would, you know, because they're not thinking about it too much. I agree, and I think like also like why why I see benefit in this um, that it's we were not ever limited by our people's ideas. Like mm-hmm. we were not limited by our concepts that we knew work and they are nice and and so on. So we didn't copy anything because we just had to build up everything from like our zero knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that really gave us a lot of freedom because now, for example, like after seven years, we already know how mm-hmm. it works, how it mm-hmm. runs, mm-hmm. and like why we're doing this and so on. But. Um, and I find it a bit more. It's, it's building some kind of borders and mm-hmm. some kind of mm-hmm. like ideas that like it's not. It's very. It's not so easy to be creative when you know what actually works, and yeah. it's easier to take what works actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. I think it's also about authenticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, true. And now, how many people are on the team? Now we are seven. Seven. Yeah, so Eustace eventually, um, sadly, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, left uh, gallery. Like, um, he's still supporting us, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. always uh, with us when we need, of course. 
but um, he decided to proceed to pr- pursue. How is that? What's the word? Pursue. 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 Artist career. So uh, yeah. it totally makes sense because it does require a lot of time uh, yeah, yeah. running an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And um, why the seven is also the same reason because it takes a lot of time to do all the projects we do and we do quite a lot mm-hmm. and and I think that the team grew very um, organically <laughs> that's good that's always important yeah, yeah. and yeah so I've Island Ellie joined very quickly when we opened we had first exhibition mm-hmm. and then after first exhibition we were very lucky to meet Ale. <laughs> Just on the street. Yeah. <laughs> well, the story. Yeah. How long? How long? Because you're 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 not from. You're not gonna tell the story. You will tell the story. So basically, I was also here. Like I mean, I came from 2012, mm-hmm. and I was uh, studying history of art, and I really wanted to do a, a practicum, something like that, because I was not very happy how the Austrian system, kind of like university system, how mm-hmm. dry it is and yeah. I don't know, I, I really just wanted to do something more practical. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met because of some uh, close friends and like mutual friends. We met at the Donaukanal, okay. Donaukanal Treiben. Okay. And then I heard this amazing girls just speaking <laughs> in English and I was like, oh my god, I haven't spoken in English for quite a long time. <laughs> At that time I was really trying to learn German mm-hmm. and then uh, we talked and we clicked very fast and it was like, yeah, what are you doing? And he told me they just opened the gallery and I was like, oh my God, I'm like looking for a practicum. Mm-hmm. And basically we made an appointment the next days and yeah, since then. It's all history. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you? So you, when did you come to Vienna in 2012? All right. Yeah, to Vienna, 2012. Yeah, from yeah. from Mexico. I was living already in Austria for two, so 2010, and I was living with a family, appearing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I got in a relationship, mm-hmm. and yeah, basically came here because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. That's how they. That's how, <laughs> yes. they, that's how they, This love, this Vienna love, kind of sucks you in somehow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the good, that's the good thing about Vienna is, like, even after that, I mean, you, Vienna's just a really wonderful city, I think. It's Definitely. Nice yeah, you really fall in love with it. Yeah, for sure. You love it and you hate it at the same time. This is, <laughs> no truer statement has ever been said. I, I should make t-shirts that says, <laughs> say that. Vienna, you love it and you hate it. Yeah. You have a lot of virtual exhibitions going on right now. You had one recently. Uh, it's still on. It's still on, yeah, the, but the actual opening was about a week ago or so, mm-hmm. I think. On 20th of January. Yeah, cool. The and who, first virtual opening. Yeah. yeah. How did it go? How was, the, how was this all technically, how did it all work out? Like, first how that idea come about and then how was it? <laughs> the idea was, I mean, uh, we had already a virtual exhibition with mm-hmm. the, like, Fuck You Alvido. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara, or Barbara, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, please cut that. We'll pause, and you can start over, and I'll, I'll cut that part out. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally keeping all of that in. I'm keeping all of that in. Go, go ahead. Okay, so, so our Barbara? Uh, Barbara, she joined the gallery also, like, actually while COVID started, like, March I mean, uh, last year, yeah. yeah, yeah, she, and, I don't know, it's been just great, 
<laughs> working with her. Mm-hmm. And why was the, the idea of the of the virtual exhibition? You can talk a bit more about what you have been. Oh, of course, like obviously the idea was because of Corona and lockdown. Like, mm-hmm. We didn't want to postpone. We didn't want to like not have anything. So we did like exhibition, which is like uh, we set up the show that it's very visible and understandable from outside, so mm-hmm. people can pass by and look at at the show. And uh, of course, uh, to see more details and some artworks had some sound and some movement, we put it online in a virtual way. Oh, so yeah. mm-hmm. then it's like you know um, the viewer can experience. And I, I feel like a bit better than just like looking at uh, at it like uh, from behind the window and yeah, like, you yeah. know, it's it's limiting also this glass in between the, exactly. the uh, <laughs> art room and like and yeah artwork and viewer and yeah, yeah uh, true. and um, but we didn't do back then any virtual opening with actually of course we, it was the first time we setting up something virtually so we didn't have so much experience on which platform to choose and everything and uh, and uh, and for the next exhibition, the Lianos Kuzmic Kuzmic show, um, we chose another platform mm-hmm. which allows you to ha- to uh, to be uh, there as a visitor, um, as an avatar, like have your own avatar, like oh, wow, cool. interact with <laughs> also with other guests, like of, of the room, like virtual room. Wow. So that's why we thought, like, okay, let's do it, because I'm kind of like virtual opening events, so people yeah. come there and they mm-hmm. interact, you can chat, you yeah. can make some like, I don't know, I feel like uh, um, voices, right? You can uh, like... Uh, That's super cool. You can upload your GIF yeah. as well, like you can take a view whatever you want. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It started from a very technical kind of like point because um, the exhibition room, we really wanted to have uh, kind of like a very similar construction mm-hmm. of how the, the exhibition room is built. Mm-hmm. And we thought with Kunstmatrix was not possible. And also we wanted to really recreate the atmosphere mm-hmm. of the exhibition right now. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about, I mean, all about the black walls. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, immersing you into this world that Lena wants to create. Mm-hmm. So in Kunstmatrix, it was really not possible to have also this, um, this installation kind of like yeah. feeling. And that's why we decided... Um, Mozilla Hubs. Mm-hmm. And then all these different things which come as benefit, like, I mean, this interactive um, thing and also, like, the possibility of having the, um, the Venissage, for example, that's that's just a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and it's so fun. Like, it was so fun. Like, I mean, t- it kind of felt like a real opening and it yeah. was so long for us already. I mean, we had openings in summer. The last one in September, I think. Last one in September, right? I know, in October, sorry, beginning of October. So not so long ago. Oh, like it's yeah. not <laughs> We're just so used to have so many events happening, so it felt like feels kind of long. But anyways, like to have people coming in and you see like people that you know, like yeah. uh, all like the the our usuals, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like regular visitors, they're joining this virtual exhibition. And like chatting, so it really felt like this real kind of opening, but just virtually. Yeah. So wow. it was really fun to have it. Someone put music on, so we were also like, I mean, talking about music, like dancing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So how did you make the room? Like, did you have someone help you to to technically put everything together? Or? Barbara. Oh, okay. Barbara did it. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So she comes from this uh, technical background, like this kind of work, or 
Like with new media, I think she is really friendly with. <laughs> yeah, but like she was really open to try out, and she was the one actually suggesting this different softwares, and mm-hmm. like she was selecting what works the best for each exhibition, and really spending time on this and making this perfect. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. really thankful for her for bringing in this idea and um, making it work very good. Pulling it through. <laughs> and pulling, yeah, and, and yes, exactly. <laughs> being patient. <laughs> That's one of the advantages to have this like, a big team like we are, so we really can share work. And like, okay, who wants to do the research and like set these things up and like, so you know, yeah, we can share the work and like fully concentrate on one part which has to be done and then we put everything together. That's really amazing when you guys can all work together like seamlessly. It's really, it's really a gift, and yeah. you can see it comes through in the in the gallery. Like everything is really well put together and everything. So, do you remember your first uh, exhibition at the gallery? Of course. Who, who is it? Who is your? Who is the first? Artist or was it a group show or? Uh, it was a group show. We had three artists. Um, back then, Eustace was actually curating the artists, right? So we had one artist from Germany. Uh, remind me, Ben, um, Ben, something. Artist named Ben. Wait, let's start like with other thing, like our part, <laughs> because like when we opened, what we decided in proposals uh, will be focused on illustration. Okay. That was our focus for around half a year, I would say, at the very beginning, and uh, it was very <laughs> thought through, <laughs> as much as could be, decision that uh, this kind of like art style we would like to, um, uh, to showcase. Push, exactly, like yeah. and also bring it to the Vienna, and we really thought it needs some more attention, and that's something also we actually really liked. Uh, so we had three artists, and. Um, it's nice to mention that because yeah. it was a, a nice show, like a first show of proper walls. So we had uh, Ben Rollman. Okay. Maybe you know him. He's a very cool like illustrator uh, from Germany. Okay. Check him out. Like uh, okay. it's very cool work. Um, also Maria Turina. She's mm-hmm. based in um, in UK. I think London. Mm-hmm. Originally she comes from Lithuania. Yes. Yeah. And we had the Yasmin Rembacher. Sorry for my. German no but <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's Austrian, so okay, we had cool. this, this kind of international first group show. exhibition. Cool. Was there a theme for the group show? Or was it just they were just showing some of their selected works and stuff? We didn't uh, build up a team uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. se- we selected works, I think, like, and then just put it together. Yeah. But that was, so now we work, like, totally different when you compare, like, now we have, like, specific, like, topics and, and mm-hmm. themes, mm-hmm. and, like, we, we think about maybe some issues to bring out in, 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 um, on the exhibitions we create, but back then it's, it's just the beginning. And, yeah, and yeah, and just show some art. And yeah, we show some illustration, we just choose, like, a awesome artist, mm-hmm. like, we contact them, and... And it's, it's super amazing that like these kind of amazing artists actually signed up like for for being displayed mm-hmm. somewhere like where somebody's just opening up a space yeah like yeah. you know like it's nothing clear no clear concept mm-hmm. where you're gonna end up so I'm really like appreciative like for this move that artists actually did because they are really amazing like this is like a big names actually <laughs> <laughs> so it's very very nice but also looking back like how far away we moved from illustration mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. also very funny to to, to see um, yeah, things change and develop. <laughs> so how does it how does it go with the, the curation now? So each one of you are curating different shows, or is it like a team effort? We so we we set up the program mm-hmm. one year ahead. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, we bring different artists into the pot and we all kind of have a discussion about the artist. Or, I mean, it's it's not even just about like particular artists, it's mm-hmm. also about the topic that we want to, to touch mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for next year. And then, of course, we kind of like divide the exhibitions and it's like, okay, so who's responsible of this? And, you know, like, I mean, the things you're most interested about, then, yeah. Cool. That's a good way to do it. No, we plan, I think, like very in, in, intensely because we also try to focus on different formats of the exhibitions itself. Mm-hmm. Like we try to have a solo show. Yeah. Like for us, it's also very important to have a solo show with local artists, emerging local artists, mm-hmm. to have like international artists joining in. We want to have a group show. We want to have an open call. Open call yeah. Yeah. So I think that we always bring out like what kind of formats we want to have mm-hmm. of the exhibitions and then everybody comes in and like suggests like who they're in love with. <laughs> <laughs> the moment and also what topics um, we think are the most important to touch for example when it comes to open calls like mm-hmm. we discuss the topics that are really important for us mm-hmm. so then we can um, launch an open call for this and I think we changed a tiny bit also in recent years because we recognized a few years ago that it was way too many exhibitions we were doing mm-hmm. that was um, yeah. too much for us and we thought also it's a bit too much for people who are coming even to our place because yeah. it was just show like after show mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. just non-stop so we try to increase time of the exhibitions, mm-hmm. which actually means reducing the amount of exhibitions, Yeah, which actually means for us to be like very, we kind of restrict it as well when we do like selection process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you select for 10 exhibitions or when you select for next year or when you select for five exhibitions for next year mm-hmm. and like one of them is open call, another one yeah. is a group show, then it becomes like kind of like very intense uh, selection process like to find who exactly like we select for this year, like, for example, for Solar Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which we tried to do last year, for example. We, we, we also, like, we were like, okay, so we need to have less shows and it mm-hmm. has to be a longer period of time and, like, da-da-da. And then, of course, Corona happened. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we went crazy and we started, like, I mean, because of the blog, for example, uh, different possibilities opened up. So Orta was contacting an organization called uh, Made of Millions, and then a project kind of like concretized. It was like this open call. Um, there was another exhibition with Lenovo Riche, which they were like curating also um, some artists, and we also like uh, organized it during, so after, like when everything was, was open again. So, yeah, like, <laughs> we intended to have, like, I mean, less things. Yeah. And at the end, it, it was actually more than we thought <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> It's weird. I don't know how it felt for, for you all, but the first lockdown seemed, like, very strict. And I was, like, really mm-hmm. didn't want to leave the house. You know, I was, like, really taking a lot of care. And the second lockdown was, like, okay, ooh, la, la. And now this lockdown that we're in is, like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. You know, it's we're still. Depending. Yeah, it's 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 so it's hard to take it so serious when it just keeps coming yeah. back and then opening yeah. up and then coming back. So it's yeah. really difficult, especially like for us here at at soon. Like we're not we don't make any plans right now. We're just like okay, let's see what, see what happens. So yeah, you just have to wait and see, you know, what what we're gonna be able to do in summer. Hopefully, we can do more exhibitions like where we could all meet everybody again. You know, like. It'd be great to, to see everybody again. So. Really looking see. forward for these times. Oh, yeah, me too. Really? I miss the warm weather oh. and oh. drinking outside. And oh. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny it's how, how different Vienna is when it, you know, compared to winter and then when spring comes, like it just, 
it, the, the city just totally changes, you know? It's really amazing. It's really, it's a feeling. You, you feel it coming. It's really amazing. Which you could feel already yesterday and today. Yeah, yesterday was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> like in Lithuania, where, where you come from, how was, were you doing art there? Were you also like doing projects and stuff like that? Like what brought you here to Vienna? Uh, not me personally, like I was not uh, doing anything specifically with art and never even had a dream to, to, to do anything in a cultural field because it just doesn't seem anything realistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that there comes like this beauty of living in Vienna, like um, I came here for a job, like mm -hmm. I got a job which is completely not related to art. And I worked in this company for, for more than a year, mm -hmm. uh, so I still was working there like when we started to open an art gallery. But before coming here, I didn't even realize that there's a possibility for a human being to not work a full-time job mm -hmm. and to be able to pay two rents. Yeah. Don't earn from the thing you do, like, <laughs> extra after your uh, part-time job and mm -hmm. still have a good lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe, like, I have a small niece, but, like, it's still a very good lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so being open up in the, to this possibility in Vienna... Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm just extremely happy, and like I, I can continue living like, <laughs> like that. Of course, like it would be nice like, if um, our improper walls would bring money to us as well. It would be very nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, like in Lithuania, I think like I would not have even dared to dream about this. Like mm -hmm. to be, to be completely here. Yeah. I think now it would be much different, because also having this experience and also like uh, more things started to happen uh, uh, there also mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, that the scene is changing and it's lots of like alternative stuff happening yeah but this opportunity I think like for us it was the right moment right place like to happen like yeah. for, for me personally I was actually in this kind of like a, a time of my life in this like search what to do mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do I, I was in, in Ireland and UK then somewhere else like like for, for two or three years I was just like from one place to another like and I thought like I will stay like that like from <laughs> one place to another and okay so next stop is Vienna like because Urta we are sisters so she was going there uh, here and I was like okay I will join you because I, I wanted to go to Denmark actually but you're going alone, I will go there alone, let's go to the world. She really didn't want me to come, actually, but, but I'm like, yeah, I have to go with you. And I, maybe I had a feeling that I, I have so to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, then, and then, you know, you, you get stuck, like, it, everything happens so fast, like, mm. you know, after one year, we already have this plans, and, like, uh, after half a year, we already opening, and then it's like, wow. <laughs> and now I'm like, you know, here like for eight years and like eight years, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And for you also, it was, um, were you doing art, like, or organizing events in a, before you moved to Vienna? In Mexico. Or? I studied art in Mexico, yeah. So. But I have to be super honest. <laughs> like, I, I had some difficulties with myself, like really finding a position mm -hmm. as, or, or, identifying myself as an artist mm -hmm. I love like theory and I love kind of like the processes of like art creation and I think this is what helps me right now to to understand also like I mean how how an artist kind of like I mean produces something and um, yeah I mean also so I came here and I studied for a while history of art mm -hmm. So that's also another thing, but um, I don't know, I think it just, so as, as Justina said, I think I was also searching for the perfect formula yeah. and 
I really, I really like what we're doing at Improbables, and I really like this taking part, so this taking care of artists and mm -hmm. kind of like being kind of like in the background, but at at still time, kind of like producing, mm -hmm. you know, producing concepts. This is, I feel, it's kind of like the right thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, perfect. Do you still find Do you still find it hard to identify yourself as an artist? I mean. Are you making art at all no. at the moment? No. <laughs> no, you don't find it hard, or no, you're not making art. I'm sorry, I asked you like two questions at once. So that was my no, fault. I don't. So since I came to Vienna, like I, I uh. never like did anything anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like you know, I don't know. I think it's like lack of motivation, or I don't know, like also insecurity a lot. And the insecurity shouldn't stop you, but I think. You have no motivation, you just can't do anything about it. You have no motivation. But, you know. but I really get motivated into doing different things. So yeah. right now, before, some years ago, I would be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a shame. Yeah. But now I, I'm, I'm very happy like with the path. So I don't have any regrets anymore. Good, you shouldn't. That's good. <laughs> you all are really doing really cool stuff over there, so it's really, you've built something really cool, so. It's I think it's just fun, like, also it's fun to talk with you because you also opened a new place, like, here, so, like, for example, yeah. it would be nice to, 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 to hear from you, like, what is it, like, how did you, like, even, for example, how you did, like, the um, official stuff, like, how do you register your place, like, your mm -hmm. gallery, like, how does it work, like, you know, like, this kind of things would be... Is the studio then like still, or is it like still as, as an? Um, it's a it's an office actually. Mm -hmm. It was um, soon was, so when we got it, the landlord of our place, um, he's a, actually a client of Elizabeth. She does like graphic design for him, mm -hmm. and he had this office here, and he wasn't using it, um, since like the eighties, like the eighties. Like it was sitting here, just, empty. Really? That's just, nice. there was, um, shame. Mm -hmm. like, you see this computer it's on top of the, that was, that's, that's the computer <laughs> he was using. I'm not kidding, that was from his desk. Yeah. yeah. It's this old, like, 1987 computer, like, DOS weird thing, I don't know. And that was on the table, like, there, there was a wall uh, separating these two rooms, the room that we're in and the gallery, and the, the shop, that's now the shop, that, that had these big shelves here that, that we use mm -hmm. for storage now. So basically, he, he let us use the space, um, but we had to renovate everything. Yeah. So we renovated it, and we talked to him. We negotiated the price, like, because he really wasn't using it at all. And initially, this was just going to be a workspace, you know. So it's me, Elizabeth, and my friend Daniel, and we were going to just be working in here. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, as we started to renovate everything and take all the carpet out and repaint everything, we put the... Uh, the gallery lights up, and I was like, yeah, it'll be cool to do exhibitions every once in a while. And, yeah, so that's basically, it's still registered as the office of the guy who we rented from, and so we get all his mail and his packages and stuff <laughs> that come here. But um, he's really happy with what we're doing with the space, and, and, you know, he I don't think he will ever let us leave, so <laughs> it's just a good thing because, you know, it's, it's nice that he appreciates what we're doing. You know, if we weren't here, it would either be, still this 1980s office, or it would be an extension of the Getränk next door, or okay. it would be uh, something else, you know, that it doesn't really beautify the place, you know, so luckily yeah. that we can do something here. Because we, re we really like this area a lot. Like, we have, we made friends with everybody that lives around here, and 
it's just nice. It's it's really close to where we live, and it's really close to Algaten. And, yeah. And I just feel really comfortable being here all day, you know. So that's basically what <laughs> what this place is. <laughs> <laughs> but we we open Elizabeth and I opened this place um, just to work. But when we came up with the name for it, we we named it after our good friend Soon, who was a good friend of ours, and she passed away um, shortly after I moved here. Uh, I stayed with her like at Airbnb for like about two weeks uh, when I first moved here. I didn't know her before, and we we became very good friends uh, in a time where like it was really hard for me to make friends in Vienna because I didn't really know anyone. Mm -hmm. And she helped me out with like finding art jobs and doing this stuff. And I told her I'm here just to be an artist. You know, I came like straight from from the U.S. Uh, not like working for, like full time. You know, for UPS like delivering packages every day, and then just saying okay, I'm just gonna do art. And she really helped me for a long time. And then uh, when she passed, it was really, really hard for me and you know her family and every, you know, everyone that knew her because she was really great. And so when we decided to open up this space, because later Elizabeth and I met um, after she passed, but because she was trying, soon was trying to connect us both mm -hmm. when she was alive, you know, but it just didn't work out, like because Elizabeth was looking for an illustrator for a workshop for her nonprofit. And she recommend, uh, soon recommended me. Anyway, so the story's getting pretty long. But anyway, we, <laughs> we ended up meeting after she passed. And then later, 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 when we opened up the space, we named it after her. And yeah. that's why it really means a lot to us, uh, the space, because we wanted to bring people together the way she was always bringing people together. That's so nice. And yeah, that's what we really try to do with the space. But it's difficult. You know, you, you, you all know. I mean, it's really difficult, especially just like you all, like coming from outside of the art scene. And so am I, you know, and even though I'm more integrated into the art scene now, it's still difficult to feel like, um, like for me personally to be part of everything. Because I, I like to reach out to everyone. Like I kind of feel it's maybe because I came from Texas where everybody's like kind of together. The art community mm -hmm. is very, very close. Yeah. But here it's like, you know, kind of little pockets of the art scene. It's really big art scene. So within that art scene, um, there's a lot of different scenes. And, but I, I always try to be part of everything, you know. I want to be part of everything, but it's it's really it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Do you experience that also with like the different scenes here? Or is it not even? I think it takes a lot of time to to, to learn actually what's really happening in Vienna. So that's I think like what I said like from the beginning when we opened, it was we really were not aware what's um, how complex the art scene in Vienna actually is. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but what's happening now? You you can really. I don't know, I, I have to be super honest about it, and I think it's like Vienna is a very welcoming um, art scene community as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not super hard to reach out different organizations and just say like, uh, hey, we're doing this, uh, would you like to, I don't know, have a talk and then mm -hmm. can kind of like collaborate on something, or mm -hmm. I just want to know your, your, your um, opinion about things. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think... So, um, you know, like, I mean, if you compare it, for example, with um, Berlin or you compare it even with Mexico, mm -hmm. where everything's mm -hmm. like very, um, of course, there are like some very high institutions here <laughs> in Vienna, it's like just precious. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, I think it's like, it's, it's more accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. And everyone is really up to collaborating and to... Um, I don't know, at least, so every time we have a different project, we think like, okay, so maybe 
we need some partners for this. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's someone you have never crossed the world with, but you kind of like follow from Facebook and you see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then the, you reach them out and it's like, hey, would you like to meet? And everyone is like super open. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I see that too. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, there is also, a, I feel like, a quite a, um, a big gap between like established organizations mm -hmm. already, like, you know, a, a high... Um, I don't know how to like uh, word it correct, but um, I, I I kind of feel like there is alternative scene yeah. mm -hmm, and there mm -hmm. is this like you know yeah, official yeah, official I know exactly yeah yeah and and I think between those two there is uh, quite a huge gap yeah, I yeah. Feel, yeah because you can you know they you know don't let alternative scene like reach mm -hmm. the the. The official scene like very easily like I don't yeah. know how to like you know toward it like but you know what I, I mean. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah, and and that you can feel like you know yeah. a lot. You kind of like so you still like just restricted within the same um, circle of people or the same scene like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But isn't it like like but it's more a question here, not an observation, but like. Isn't it alternative scene also kind of divided into certain bubbles in, in Vienna? At least I get this feeling and like sometimes I kind of feel even in the proper was we like like um, end up in this certain bubble mm -hmm. which is like we I think like we start like to we get out of this bubble for example when we launch uh, open calls. Mm -hmm. Like for me at least like the most visible is when like we get um, applications from the artists like are very good and known most probably but like we didn't for example know them about them ourselves mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think like there's like certain bubbles that like, just don't cross mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. in their ways like in a way like in another scene but like this is observation just my personal so maybe yeah like, what, what do you think like, no i think that i think that happens a lot like i i realized this when i was doing the uh the art slam in, in texas the art shows and doing uh basically open calls for every show um there was a lot of very super talented artists that you don't see their work so often because they're tattoo artists. They're always, they're working all the time. But when you put them on in front of a canvas and they do something, it's like, wow, it's amazing work, you know? But they're not showing in galleries, you know? They're, they're painting skin all the time. So there's, um, and there's different people everywhere. Like just, there, some people, I don't, they, they're just looking for opportunities to show their stuff in the gallery too. Yeah. And maybe they don't feel as motivated, you know, to, or maybe a little scared to show their work, you know, not knowing if they're good enough. But I think the open calls really help um, when they see what's out there already and they can kind of compare where they're at, they can kind of gauge where they're at in their art. Mm -hmm. um, I think this helps to get all the, the bubbles bursted, I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> Still using the bubbles there, but yeah. yeah. Also when you talk about social topics, I think you, you kind of like tap into some artists, you know, like, I mean, you're looking specifically for artists who are like dealing with certain topics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's also another way to kind of like go further from your creative kind of like community. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Extended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've, you've done a lot of social topic exhibitions. What were some of the ones that you did last year or the year before? Uh, one like uh, I <laughs> that first comes to my memory. Uh, it was an exhibition called No One Told Me. Mm -hmm. um, we did this exhibition for Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, mm -hmm. We did it in April, but like originally it should have been in May. 
And we did it in July. We did it in July. Okay. We postponed it because it was again like one yeah, of those spontaneous exhibitions that we didn't plan originally, but um, <laughs> it just happened because we contacted a foundation based in the US. It's called uh, Made of Millions, mm-hmm. and they're running amazing, um, amazing campaigns. And basically, what they're really working on of creating, like just changing of image of mental illnesses itself. Mm-hmm. And they really open to work with art institutions and so on. So they were very interested to work with us, and we also were excited to work with them. So we made an exhibition called No One Told Me, which was focused on um, treatment gap mm-hmm. uh, when people actually fell um, sick and 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 um, unwell. But like, how long does it take them until they actually get treatment? Okay. Diagnosed. Uh, diagnosed as well, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. they can get uh, treatment for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So that was one of the social topics that actually got a lot of interest. So we did very spontaneous, like again, this exhibition was very spontaneous and the open call was very spontaneous. So we had like just one month for people to apply. (laughs) And then we had two weeks to select an artworks and prepare the architecture of the exhibition itself. Uh, it was very, and we got like more than 200 uh, submissions, which was, and all of them were super personal and yeah. super, like, this is like a topic that actually came, like, able from people experiencing um, that themselves mm-hmm. or like having somebody um, around them that actually experienced them so they can really reflect on this topic. Yeah. So it was very personal, so it took a lot of like emotional effort, also the selection process itself. Mm-hmm. Amazing exhibition, but we're gonna do also this year um, more with more time and everything. So we just <laughs> launched actually like uh, a few days ago an open call also for this year's Mental uh, Health Awareness Month. So, but oh, it, like nice. we gave a bit more time for artists to apply, yeah, uh, to think the process, and we also gave a bit time for ourselves to like work a Organize bit longer them. on a yeah on the submissions Selection and process. organizing and. Yeah, and invite the experts to actually be part of the selection process as well. Uh, as well. So. Wow. But that's one of the exhibitions I remember from last year. Do you remember, like, quickly something else what we did? <laughs> I, I think the other one, which was uh, not so spontaneous, and it was planned, but we had to postpone it and change some things, like, uh, and make it uh, virtually, because everything was already closed. It was uh, dedicated to climate change, mm-hmm. or climate crisis. And uh, and uh, we had this um, topic and idea about um, uh, based on albedo effect, mm-hmm. which means like when the snow is melting, so white is reflecting um, sun- sunlight, so it goes back to 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 cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the less white we have, the less reflection we have, uh, and yeah. that's how like you know it's kind of this like a. Um, How's it called? Like you know, snowball this, effect. Yeah, you cannot stop it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, like it's unso- unstoppable. Of course, people are thinking about some kind of artificial like ways to to make more this light uh, white mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. on Earth, which can reflect more sunlight. And um, yeah, so that was the topic. Like we another, uh, I would say, like social like. Um, Topic mm-hmm. I mean, I still yeah. consider like I mean the collaboration we had with the Porn Film Festival. Oh yes, mm-hmm. it's also another social topic. Mm-hmm. So this is one like kind of like the topics I'm very interested in. Like I mean, identity, mm-hmm. um, gender. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, in this case was representation, for example, of porn, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, it was very interesting and also collaborating with another institution, like it's it's always super, super nice. Yeah, really cool. that was amazing. Yeah. Yes. And if talking about collaborations, I think we also, what we did, we have this um, 
project so it's not our project there is a project question me and answer mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the the idea and the concept of the project that we um, curate uh, artists to work together so artists new to Vienna and artists already established in Vienna so mm -hmm. they, they uh, make a um, couples <laughs> or like a small teams to, to work together yeah and then we present the artworks at the end of the, in an art show so I, I think it's also a very important topic to touch, and it's a, uh, it's a separate project from Improper Walls, mm -hmm. but what we have in common that we came up with this idea, like kind of together, and we curate for mm -hmm. this project. So our team, our, our curatorial team, basically like work for, for this project as the curators. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like a really... I remember when the question me and answer was, was up and everything. It's a really cool idea, mm -hmm. Bola, like especially to give... Um, other artists who are just coming to Vienna, like yeah. a chance to, to also network with other art, other artists. I think this is really important. And yeah. I think this you understand it. So you you, you understand it when when you're a migrant mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when you just came to Vienna and it's like oh my god. So what am I gonna do? Yeah. So to have this space and to have this platform mm -hmm. and to have also kind of like a guidance and the possibility to to be part of a group of people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which has a bit more experience I yeah. don't know I think this is like very very important yeah I think so too I think it's also good for the community I mean for the art community yeah. to like to, to see these artists that are coming in and mm. also to to grow creativity like um, within the art scene I think it's good to have like these outside influences coming in and just letting it kind of all meld together in some kind of weird artscape in Vienna. It's really, oh, yeah. really nice. And it's cool that you facilitate that with these kind of shows. It's really cool. Cool. I don't know what to talk about. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all social topics I'm working on. <laughs> Maybe we can bring up something. I can also mention like another collaboration with LT Art Vienna, which I also... <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's another project. Okay. Um, we collaborate, but it's also initiated by me, and it's about like um, 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 kind of making a connection between uh, Austria and Lithuania, like uh, in uh, in art ways, so bringing artists here. Mm -hmm. So we do, do we don't do like artists bringing there with uh, to, to Lithuania. We do it as improper walls, actually. Like we have one partners, uh, um, one um, partner institution in Lithuania, so we go. There um, every year until last year because everything got uh, shut down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see if it's happening again this year. Um, but anyways, to come back to that, uh, so there is another initiative, LT Art Vienna, which is like promoting Lithuanian artists in Vienna. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's an idea and the concept, and it's supported by the Lithuanian Cultural um, Council. Mm -hmm. So it's. Uh, Official, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. So and we did um, we did two shows already, uh, two small mini festivals. Mm -hmm. It's not like only art show. It's also like music performances and contemporary dance performance. We had this year and con contemporary circus performance mm -hmm. and music performances also, classical and also um, um, contemporary uh, in. Also, also cinema, and we mm -hmm. presented short films, exactly. But, wow, so nice. we had like a, a huge program, but the part of which Improper Walls is taking and that, so we do exhibitions in Improper uh, Walls uh, um, gallery space, mm -hmm. and that's a, like a collaborative partner, uh, let's say. It's, oh. it's very weird because it's like I also, in both projects, but 
you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we talked, for example, we talked uh, into uh, 2020 about identity also. So we also like kind of choose the topics uh, first year we talked about adaptation. So it's also related to that, like you know, being maybe new or strange or foreign mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how you feel about it yeah. uh, because first year was also about more like presenting artists already based in, in, in Vienna but being Lithuanians mm -hmm. uh, and last year we did uh, artists like from Lithuania but we talked about identity and what does it feel like you know this European global identity Lithuanian identity it's also lots of like based on our like history like you know political and, and social and, and mm -hmm. uh, cultural history like of our country and mm -hmm. then with you know you compare with European and global identity and yeah yeah which was very interesting like I mean when I got to know about the topic of the festival and then we talked about identity you know like as a migrant for us it's kind of like a common topic we mm -hmm. talk about it then mm -hmm. we kind of don't have like second thoughts about it mm -hmm. but when you talk with uh, German and Austrian people mm. Like that was intense. I love it. Yeah, we it had a discussion. Was so like, uh, like intense. I had to like organize a discussion. Okay. And the like had to like I chose, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> stupidly, <laughs> I, I, I chose a topic um, national identity, <laughs> because for me it was very interesting. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but like being like Lithuanian. Um, as we got out of the Soviet Union just like 30 years ago, and um, blah blah, so all this like historical thing. Even now, like, I'm not living in Lithuania, I'm coming back there, and I get surprised very often. Mm -hmm. Like, I see people wearing a pins with Lithuanian flag, you know, like, hats and Lithuanian, like, uh, symbol, symbols or whatever. Like, uh, it's, like, everywhere, you yeah. know? Like, I'll be like, what's happening? Like, yeah. why are you so crazy about this? And then, like, there's even a law in Lithuania, like, that's, like, on a national um, uh, celebration day, whatever it, it is. You have to put a flag on your house. If you don't oh, put a flag, there's a fine. What? You get a fine if you don't okay, do that. That's also crazy. I know. So it's like, and for me, it was such a normality. Like you know, coming back, like like living in a country that like just got a, its freedom and it's so important to be Lithuanian, like mm -hmm. to scream your nationality yeah, because yeah. you like got you out of Sweden. Yeah. And then you're coming to Austria and having a flag anywhere, it's already like very bad. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like it got so like a contradictive, um, this kind of like sides and I stupidly chose a discussion topic of national identity. And for me to learn personally, I tried to just uh, go around and ask my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would ask like, what do you think about national identity? Mm. I was attacked by every single Austrian yeah. person. Really? <laughs> And be like, German, are you calling me like um, nationalist? Nationalist, and I'd be like, no. Like, I just ask you, what's your point? Like, what's your take on national identity? What does yeah. it mean to you to yeah. be Austrian? Like, mm -hmm. like very mm -hmm. simple. Like yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing like overwhelming and so on. And then I really have to learn like a lot of things, like what it means actually to be a migrant. Because I was like, when I lived in Lithuania, I wanted to leave it all the time. Like for me, mm -hmm. it was like such a like clear thing that I'm gonna leave Lithuania. I'm gonna live somewhere else. I want to experience something different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I live far away from Lithuania for eight years, yeah. of course I feel a bit like we have beautiful <laughs> forests, we have a sea, like a beautiful country. <laughs> <laughs> the flag color is actually beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't feel like so like. Um, like, I don't feel nationalistic, but, like, also kind of feel, like, a bit of, like, love to my country. Mm -hmm. uh, but asking this kind of question in Austria or, like, a German person, mm -hmm. like, I'm people yeah. coming from Germany, it's just not... Um, 
it doesn't open up a dialogue. It's actually open up a bit like, are you sending me um, of something? Yeah. And that's interesting. Actually, it was very interesting to discuss this kind of thing. It's all about this collective memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so different in every region. Like, mm-hmm. If you talk yeah. about it, for example, in Mexico, then so like the latest discussion is like this post-colonial kind of like uh, discourses, mm-hmm. and it's like I mean, so if you're talking about national identity, then you have like really to define what's it, you, and you know, like it's it's so uh, for me, it would be something very normal to go through it because it's like I don't know, it's just like something super interesting mm-hmm. to to discuss mm-hmm. but i i realize it's like very um we all carry different <laughs> packages hard, and yeah. we carry packages right. from different from like generations before exactly yeah. it's amazing how nationality mm-hmm. is a part of your 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 being yeah. about it, without you having a choice in it really it's yeah. like i was just born in this country yeah. And I spent many time. I grew up in this country, and now. But you know what's also like super important: how it continues marking your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a bit the fucked up part about it, because mm-hmm. you you never chose to have the nationality that you have, yeah, and because true. of that, you're kind of like limited by so many like things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like bureaucratically, it like defines so many things. Like I mean, if you. Are traveling to other you're places. You're seen differently sometimes in different. Definitely. You know. mm-hmm. So you 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 are like um, kind of like you you can uh, be abused. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not abused, but you know, like yeah. I mean, you can be victim of racism. Yeah, or, yeah, or exactly. Systematic racism as well. So yeah, definitely. Like I mean, I think identity and nationality also like it marks a lot of things mm-hmm. from your life. Whenever I was hearing from from my Austrian friends, like, yeah, this is like bullshit, and like, I mean, we should be, you know, like, I mean, there should not be, like, yeah, so there should not be any grenzen and yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, it is a beautiful <laughs> yeah. utopia, and I've, I've, I'm very sure like everyone would like to live it, but the reality is very different. Yeah, yeah. And when you don't see this privilege as well, mm-hmm. yeah. then you're yeah. also like exactly. super blinded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is national debt for you? <laughs> I don't, it's hard, you know, actually I haven't really thought about it so much. I mean, it's weird coming from the U.S. and being here and also seeing how U.S. is perceived in Europe as opposed mm-hmm. to how you perceive it when you live there. Yeah, I mean, moving to Europe, I open my eyes quite a bit, but, you know, it's, and when I go, you know, I, I don't feel as comfortable when going back sometimes, you know, not in, not in a bad way, but I just, I'm not used to, the big stores. I'm not used to the consumerism. I'm not used to a lot of things that I've that I've just grew getting used to. It, I get used to it after a while, but you know, when I go back, it's just like oh, a little bit too much in the beginning, and then I have to kind of kind of like going into a hot tub in the beginning. It's like a little too hot, and then I got I got to settle back in. But um, I mean, I love I love my country, but it's also being Hispanic is also something that you know, if you're in a different race and and come from a different country, like because my, my father's Cuban, mm-hmm. and it was, um, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's, this is something that always follows you because no matter what, that's that's who you are. It's what you look like, and when people kind of put you in a uh, in this kind of frame because of what you look like already, yeah. then it's then you have to think about where you came from, it, even though you you don't think about it so often. But now you have to think about it, and then when you are pushed into that frame, then you have to look at this frame and be like, okay, what is this frame I'm in? What's bad about it? You know, I came from here, my, my parents came from here. Is this a bad frame I'm in? Or yeah. like, you know, it's like you, you really are forced to look at your past when really you're, 
if we all look the same, we wouldn't really have to, to do that so much. We all, mm -hmm. if we weren't separated into different countries, you know, if we were just like one planet, yeah. of course that's, you know, like you were saying before, why, why do we have to all be fighting? <laughs> but it's, yeah, this is just how it is, you know, and you're forced to think about where you came from. When you have an accent, you could look totally fine. And then once you start saying something, they're like, where do you come from? And then all of a sudden, it's where you came from, you know, it's like... But just imagine when you have, for example, so your mom is from X place, your dad is from Y place, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you grew up uh, in... So totally different you, place. You, you, you were born in A place, you know, and, <laughs> and there's like, so, uh, you know, like this, yep. this kind of things, like just how can you identify yourself? Yeah, exactly. So and it's like when, when everything kind of like starts to dissolve, mm -hmm. but... But, but I think when you now, if you would ask like a, a younger generation, generation Z or even younger ones, like which are already like experiencing this, like because they like their parents already like you know, yeah. our age, let's mm -hmm. say, and they you know it's 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 happening now. So I think it's different, uh, and I think it's less stress for them maybe. Yeah. They mm -hmm. just like okay, we are like that, and like there are so many people the same. Like and I, I think the future will be a bit. And it's already changing. This is yeah. also very similar to kind of like gender concepts. Mm -hmm. So exactly. everything is a bit more fluid. And, yeah. and because like everyone is like, um, there is like this huge possibility of traveling everywhere and you do this the, here and there and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of like these frames are just starting to... Mm -hmm. Dissolve a little bit. Dissolve. Of course, not everyone will, which is the saddest part. But uh, mm -hmm. but at least, like you know, the main, the main it's internet. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. It helps the internet. That's like it's, you, 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 yeah, And online, you can up, you can like be whoever you dialogues. you want yeah. to be. You know, this is yeah. like when you have an you're just an avatar of, of yourself in a way. Yeah. But it takes so long, though. I mean, really, I I think hopefully eventually we get to that point where it's not such a a major topic, but. I mean, we've started, what, 40s, 50s, you know, when, when people were still drinking out of different water fountains, you know, and then, like, see here, it's, like, it's changed a lot, but it's still not to the point where it should be. Yeah, so far away. Through internet and through these avatars, how do you represent yourself? And also kind of, like, how your perception of your own self kind of, like, uh, also gets very influenced for all these like filters, for example, we have in, in Instagram and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like, I mean, new identities which are not marked anymore by uh, where are you from, mm -hmm. but like these identities of like. How do you present yourself? Yes, yeah. the body, mm -hmm. kind of like an extension of yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I so like I so agree with this, but like I think this is such a little bubble. Like it's so easy like to think like oh that's how everybody's living now. That's mm -hmm. what everybody's experiencing and so on. But this is such a tiny bubble that like internet gives to people. But then like so many people are still living such an old standards. Like it's like you know like ninety nine percent like we're talking about but like there's possibility which is cool. New generation not ours access new generation. I don't know like eighteen years old kids and I mean everybody has this they can edit themselves and make it who has access to to phone and internet and this is not like I mean how how much percentage of the population of the whole world. 
I think it's, it's like more it more the, the younger generation for sure. I mean, <laughs> you can you can have your own channel on YouTube, you know, and people subscribe to that, and you edit that channel, your videos, to represent yourself in the way you want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Exactly, but then we come to this point: there is a public identity and there is a personal mm -hmm, identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think, like many of like you know, especially young people, they don't want to reveal their personal identities. Yeah. yeah. They can like okay, uh, they can say their names, name their pronouns, which is very important, mm -hmm. or they even hide that and they're super fluid and, and nothing is like you know revealed in a public case and on, online mm -hmm. uh, and and that's also like you know then you cannot you know it where is the real thing oh, you yeah. In the <laughs> yeah just like reading proper walls <laughs> so by the way we have a side project <laughs> metal band improper walls <laughs> Nice. I yeah. mean, we have to be improper. You have to be improper, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's in the name. Exactly. Right under the, <laughs> You should make t-shirts, like, we have to be improper. Okay, can mm. we talk about that? Wait, why haven't you made t-shirts yet? I haven't made t-shirts. We know. <laughs> you did? Yeah, no, yeah, that's we, like, true. It's Once. coming, it's coming. We can tell. Like, we were, like, we rebranding. We're mm -hmm. working with amazing agency, uh, 101, uh, they are called. Mm -hmm. And they were so cute to suggest uh, to work with us and to help us do the brand. And we can actually, I don't know if it's official, if they can announce it or something. I think after like some weeks. We yeah, like, so maybe it will be yeah. official yeah, already. Yeah, by, by the time this comes out, it'll be official. Maybe it will sure. be official yeah. already. Uh, so we bring, we're building Improper Cosmos. And Improper okay. Cosmos is... Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, drum, drum roll. Uh, yeah, basically we're we working mainly on the... Um, on the choice we made to call our place improper mm -hmm. and we're using this word and it goes with every other word together very nicely mm -hmm. <laughs> it was uh, actually a nice choice it was a nice choice but mm -hmm. we were not so appear before <laughs> but apparently it's very beautiful yes and we're launching actually a bit of our merch our first first real merch nice uh, it will be online very soon mm -hmm. we're very excited about this cool. not t-shirts can I say one? yes yes <laughs> What do you think? Something improper. You have to guess. A type of merchandise uh -huh. yeah. that's improper. Mm-hmm. Underwear? Yeah. 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 Wow. Get the prize. The star. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what kind of, like, all, like... What underwear are you doing? Bras, panties, boxers, briefs? Both. Like, I mean, uh, this is really cool. And we contacted Miyagi. So Miyagi is also a female brand based in, in, in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And um, they have really cool designs, very minimalistic and uh, sustainable, everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will have a bra and panties. And so there is a little logo called Improper Support. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and we're planning right now the photo shooting. About the photo shooting, we cannot say that much, but mm -hmm. it's also going to be awesome. Cool. And we have another thing. Uh-oh. And we have scarves. So staying in, in, in the same uh, Improper Cosmos mm -hmm. thing, we have Improper um, Hugs. Yeah. Improper Hugs? And then, you, you know, you wear a scarf, which is like improper hugs. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And it really, it. It, it's, it's very connected also to our aesthetic. So we decided to do everything black and white. Mm -hmm. So it's also very neutral. And 
I mean, underwear is also very neutral, I think. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be, yeah. <laughs> but I don't really need a bra though, so I'll skip out on the bra. Panties, I'll, I'll try on the panties. You can try the bra, maybe. Maybe it's the first time, like having some improper support when you know you're training. Yeah, it could also, could also work out. I'm not, I'm not against it at all. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, so underwear and scarves. Mm-hmm. That's our first marriage. Let's cool. see where we uh, proceed from that. That's, nice. how, that's how we start. We actually did t-shirts. We did t-shirts for our third anniversary, like third anniversary, third birthday yeah. or anniversary, yeah. like yeah, mm-hmm. I think. But we kept it for our. We kind of kept it for. Our <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I got shirts, but you guys can't have it for us. <laughs> no, we kind of had it like uh, promoted in the gallery in a way. We never put it online, and mm-hmm. we also made a bit of mistake of the inner design, which was visible <laughs> on print uh, shirts. So it was a bit like we giving to the people that are actually really mm-hmm. like. Um, very supporting us, like on yeah, the year, so we just give them as a present. But the thing is, like, we do like lots of things ourselves, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. not always like maybe you know, like pro- professional. By if someone professional is looking at it, yeah. like all the graphic design and like uh, in general design and how we like present ourselves, it's basically created everything by us. Uh, and now we have the partners now for rebranding, have... so it's like someone else is doing it for us. Now but... we have the improper, proper partners. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Ensuring everything is very proper. We're <laughs> <laughs> yes. very excited about this. It's a new thing for us, so mm-hmm. very, very It's a exciting. different level. Yes. When is this coming out? In March or...? Hopefully. M- March, definitely. Like yeah. I would say, like we have three weeks, so yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a go soon, so I hope yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been it's been um, a long planning process. Yes, yes. Yes, I think we started with the idea in December or something like that, even a bit before. Oh, the merch. Yeah. Yes, but like all the branding and stuff. Like, I mean, obviously, it takes a lot of time, and mm-hmm. like we are yeah. a big team, but like we all of us, like again, like we're not really being paid here and blah blah. So like we cannot devote all our time. Of course, yeah. So all the idea, like on the side, um, for like improvements. Mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. uh, effort. We also have like very specific ideas and very contrasting ideas sometimes. Working with us is not the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's working, you know, that's the thing. I think it's really hard to find a group of people to work with. I, I find it, um, it's not so easy sometimes to find like people that you can get along with, like on a personal level and like have a lot in common and then also like have the same passion to try to, to have, um, I'd say, a brand. I don't think improper walls. Mm. I guess improper walls could be a brand. I don't know how to say it, lack of a better term. But that everybody wants to see that succeed in in a certain. They want to go in the same road, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is difficult, like because there's, you know, it's when you have an idea. It's like one person. I have an idea, and then you have to get everyone else on board on that train, you know. And it's like. So you, you kind of have to sell it first to your team before you sell it to everybody else. Exactly. And we have a huge team. And we yeah. work on very democratic um, principles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, all of us are equal. So everybody has their own words and every have, everybody has their own opinions. Mm-hmm. And we always try to, like, whatever that are just, like, the, the organization, like, or, like, the improbables itself as a bigger picture, mm-hmm. everybody has their own equal opinion on and to run it through seven people who actually have really strong opinions about everything. <laughs> it is always a challenge, which is also very... Challenges are exciting and challenges like where it actually like good ideas comes from, like I believe. But mm-hmm. yeah, it takes... It's just a bit more effort than... Yeah. 
I think it's also like, I mean, something super important to say, and this is kind of like an insider because if, if someone is not working with us or someone has not been at the gallery and they just know about improper walls from kind of like the faraway perspective, uh, we are also like, I mean, all the team members were friends mm -hmm. and this is also like very important. Like, I mean, what we do and how we deal with each other, it comes first from a place of respect. Mm -hmm. And this, we've learned how to deal with each other mm -hmm. in very mm -hmm. different ways. And also like with the, you know, like with the years. Yeah, so yeah. we know how we work and we respect it. And it's also like, it's a work relationship but it's also a very personal relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's also something that um, really comes out with every work we're doing. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we're not just like working with artists. At the end, most of the times, um, of course, if the values and everything is just like, which most of the times or is yeah. like that. Yeah. So we, we end up being like closer to each other. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is something very important to know about Improper Walls. It's not about just like an art product, an exhibition, mm -hmm. about the collaboration. It's like we really care about the people behind everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And about the personality. And yeah. yeah. I think this building a community and relationship and like connecting people, it's a huge part of what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, it's very definitely. important for us. Yeah, yeah. And we started with that. We started with this gallery, like in proper walls. So it's mm -hmm. like a, a different place. It's a our like initial idea was like you know we create some kind of like gallery space, exhibition space where people feel comfortable, mm -hmm. and especially the people who never go to the art galleries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't have this connection. They have no experience uh, with art galleries, and they maybe also feel uncomfortable to go inside because it's very like you know. It has yeah. a certain aesthetics and a certain vibe, which is not for uh, everyone. And maybe you feel like, okay, I'm not enough, like, I don't know, bohem or like, mm -hmm. you know, or, or something. Like, you don't feel comfortable artistic and like, enough. or like, yeah. not artistic. I have no enough, not enough knowledge. Mm -hmm. And and for us, from very, very beginning, it was very clear. We don't want this kind of space. We want a space where, like, you know, the person, like, in IT never went to the art galleries before. We want the... Uh, this person to to visit our gallery, mm -hmm. like you know, that was, I've, and that that I think the most important and the only thing never changed mm -hmm. since the beginning. I think somehow, like I think somehow it developed, and we got um, specific kind of like audience, and it's I mean we, were, we we talked already about it. We we really tried to navigate also from different audiences mm -hmm. and everything. But the, the beauty about it is like being based in the 15th district and, and having like a show window. So you always have like, I don't know, like our neighbors, for example, is like um, our amazing people. They have a cafe and then you have like these people who has always, who was born in the 15th district, mm -hmm. who grew up in the 15th district and they just stay there forever. And they suddenly see our exhibitions and they're like, oh, what's this? And <laughs> I don't know, sometimes, of course, it's like a bit annoying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it you. also opens up a conversation mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. everyone. And I, at least myself, I have like very crazy and nice conversations with people who are not into art mm. or who are just like passing by. Yeah. And then they see something and it's like, oh, I see these and that. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, like I've never even thought about it. <laughs> it's like really nice. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm super grateful to be in this location that mm -hmm. we're right now because it's like a very mixed public mm -hmm. also like mm -hmm. has the opportunity to just like, you know, go through and see what we're doing. Even mm -hmm. if they're not like super in, even if they don't dive into yeah. what like the specifically topic, we're yeah. doing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But they also manifest their opinions and that's like... That's super, super cool mm. and interesting. Yeah. This is definitely a dream, like to try to reach people who actually are outside of our bubble. Yeah. Because like for us, uh, choosing the certain social topics is about not repeating the same topics as everybody is aware in our bubble already anyways, mm -hmm. but actually trying to reach out to the people who maybe it could help with. For example, especially like an exhibition with the mental health awareness, it's so important that like maybe one person comes there and be like, hell yeah, like that's how me, I yeah. feel, like mm -hmm. I feel yeah. related, mm -hmm. like that's, I, I can do something about this. Like that's the most important thing and then this past bias is like, it's a huge focus for mm -hmm. us and of course it's extremely challenging mm -hmm. to bring anybody in any alternative space, I think, who is not really into arts and really like, unless you get to know them through other kind of like, activities that you do like mm -hmm. and you can bring them as a personality but this is um at least we get a bit of like a benefit from being in Rhine of Gasse, which is very active and very diverse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's cool you get a lot of different people through the exhibitions and kind of yeah. seeing that people who are not really um wouldn't say that they are typically interested in art but they just walk by and they like see the lights on and they come inside and look around it's really it's really interesting and you sort of, then you're you're really getting in with the community and and people start to appreciate yeah, that yeah. you're there because it happens also here people walk by and they, they're like what is this and like i don't know it's a room with art in it look around you want to talk you want a coffee i don't know like really it's like they don't understand like why this is happening when when it's like you know, Vienna, it's like, okay, tobacco, a bedding place, a handy shop, you know, it's just it continuously, continuously. Yeah. And when you see something that breaks out of that and, and something really cool or different and a way to open up a, a conversation with people. Definitely. And I think, like, I mean, one of the best things about, like, being in the 15th district, I keep on saying 15th district, because I, it, it's, it's really super exciting, mm -hmm. you know, to see what, how it has been developing like the past seven years mm -hmm. and like um, we can really see kind of like the change mm -hmm. we've brought to you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah, from the course. first mural mm -hmm. and then like people just like I mean stepping by and saying like what the fuck is yeah. this like da -da -da, why and like da 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 and then we can we kind of like also keep on challenging people mm -hmm. but there is also a bit more acceptance in a way yeah like, we will never forget, like, our first mural is Rhein Gasse. That was, like, um, it was, very, like, the owner of the house in the street, and he is really one of these people, I guess, that regulars in the streets and, like, lived there forever. He was, like, I want a mural mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on my house that he painted blue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, color. the district. Yeah, just because he can't, because he yeah. owns this building. <laughs> so that's how it was in Vienna. And we were like, okay, we need to get all permissions and everything mm -hmm. and blah, blah. And then the artwork we need to suggest. And we worked a lot with um, yeah, Beats drawing. I don't know how to say that in English. The, the district, district. 
uh, people. Representatives, yeah, like some yeah. kind of people yeah, that are taking mean, care of the generic yeah, yeah. mood in a district. So we talked with them as well, like, what do we do? What can we suggest? And like, we really like then worked out an idea, like what to make it not to scream, you know, not too colorful, not too like too aggressive, but actually very aesthetically beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, that can, like, it's very beautiful, but it also like fits to the mood, like people, like, I mean, like as a first, first mural, and now when you look around and like around the gallery, it's insane. Like we have like all kind of yeah, like you yes, are there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's everything. It's, like it's so beautiful. Like but like really, it was such a developing process. Mm-hmm. We have to say like I mean shout out to Nita. Nita, we did. Nita. like it was the yes. first mural was uh, done by Nita. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. did amazing. It was the most beautiful thing. Yes. Like she did extensive artwork, mm-hmm. very detailed, mm-hmm. very graphic. Yes. It's gorgeous, and, and it's still there. People were like stopping her and saying, "Like, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like, even I mean, it's so it was such a mix of opinions because they were saying, "Like, oh my god, that looks really cool," and like mm-hmm. everything. And there were some people also like very against it. Like, it still saying, happens. Like, what yeah. The fuck? Yeah, yeah and now you see the Rhein of Gasse, how many murals it Yeah, has. yeah, it grows. I painted a mural in the 21st district at the Flossdorfermarkt Floss uh-huh. there, and the first, we were just putting the first lines on the wall. And the first day, it was me and my, my friend 1000 who was visiting, and we just did like a, I was showing him how to do like this doodle grid method, which is where you, you make kind of like a, a weird grid on the wall with random shapes, and then you overlay your image on top, so that way you know how to do the proportions when you go to do it. And we had just done the doodle grid that night. And so the next day we were planning to start to do the sketch. And when we got there the next day, I went there by myself to do my part, because he was coming later, he had something else to do. And people were walking by all pissed off, like, what is this shit? You know, something like, we're just starting, like, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but th- this is, my kid can do this, you know, in German, telling me this stuff. And I was like, Ah, it's like imagine if you're (laughs) (laughs) imagine like you go to a restaurant right you go into the into the kitchen and the chef starts cutting up the carrots and you're just like what is these fucking carrots you know they're too hard like dude let me fucking put them in the water and you know boil them and you'll like it you know It, uh, yeah, it's just but how many positive comments I get? Like, I mean, like, I think Austrians are very conservative and very closed up in, in a way, but, like, it's still so many pass-bys, uh, mm-hmm. passing by people, like, during the street art. Mm-hmm. They're giving such a, like, positive feedback as well. Yeah, definitely. I, once we started to color stuff in and you started to, started to take shape, then we were, the same people who were yelling at me the day before were very happy with what they were seeing. So it was, yeah. they need to see, that they don't understand the process. It's totally new, and I understand that, too. It's still very new. You, just in the world, really. I mean, mm-hmm. how long has have people been painting huge murals on, on buildings? Hasn't been that yeah. long, you know? There's just, I mean, I I have to connect it somehow because we didn't talk about street art at all. Yeah, and I think it's a... Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So what kind of like the beginning of Improbables was, or like the, the beginning of the concept of Improbables was illustration art, also street art and graphic design. Street art was not at the very beginning. Really? In our initial uh, way, no. But it 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 uh, came into the into the yeah. It was very like yes. It was second place. Again. Do you remember our initial concept? Like it was very. <laughs> 
very yeah. quickly made. So it, it, it was the, the, we just open and we already have these ideas. Like it, it came super fast, but like it was not at the very, very beginning. In a, in it a just happened time. super fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it was <laughs> one of the best ways, and actually we're working on this a lot. And Ali, you can tell like way more about this, like what we do in the street art. But I think it's one of the most amazing ways actually to really send a message because sometimes. Even if we really want people to come to our space and to like people who don't go usually to the any kind of uh, like galleries or museums or anything that's related to art, it's not so easy to get them in. But if you face them with the art in their street, it's it's a message you can send actually exactly. to very bigger public. I think there you have like to really differentiate like I mean between graffiti and mm -hmm. mural painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what definitely. we're doing like basically is mural painting. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we have a lot of artists which come from this background of mm -hmm. painting and they just like, like to even paint. Like art painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think and we paint on the street and this exactly. is like, I mean, of course, like the dimensions are completely different mm -hmm. and the material mm -hmm. is different, but at the end you have like something like super, as mm -hmm. you say, like, I mean, something very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And, and curated artwork. I exactly, think that's but awesome. that's I think the point what we also like to do, at least I always say like, you know, to challenge the artist like which never did a mural before. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. okay, I know you're a good painter, a good illustrator, you can do it. And they like, you know, they sign up for that and they mm -hmm. do it and it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so definitely. I think like, I really find that big beauty like in the artworks, like a street art works that we created because like usually we would be involved with the community itself. Like Ava, it comes from the person who's ordering this, so you know the place around you and like why you're doing this is a purpose and everything. So I think that curated uh, street art, it could be also even like stronger of like sending the message directly to the community like involved in this um, mm -hmm. space that actually like see it every day. It's always the question, but what I wanted to add is just like, I could not stop thinking, like I remember just a, fin a, a funny story. Um, we tend to bring uh, uh, street artists or like artists like, who do like, uh, who do uh, uh, rural art uh, to Lithuania, to this one festival mm -hmm. uh, from Austria. And uh, we also like, um, all, almost all of them we bring to our hometown and to our parents, or we at least explain our parents like what's happening and what artists are doing. And they are like, after two years of our activity there every year going and bringing some artists like next time you come artists should paint our house <laughs> <laughs> and you know they live in such a like you know boring district there is of course nothing it's like a, a rural district in a city but it's you know there is no art or culture happening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they like no we have to have it like you know if you bring artists here they have <laughs> more really mom cool. food <laughs> if you want to eat mom's food that's great and then you understand like you know how the people can like kind of start to understand and appreciate it and want it mm -hmm. as an i like you know as a beautifying uh, um thing like yeah, of yeah. their surroundings mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's the aim for it, you know, like, I mean, yeah, we will make this, like, look more beautiful and mm -hmm. everything. But you just want to bring, like, this, um, for some people, it's even kind of, like, exotic, you know, like, I mean, art is, like, this privilege. And and this, I, I was hearing with uh, David Leitner, mm -hmm. your podcast, mm -hmm. and you were asking him, like, why do you actually like to paint on the street? And he was saying, like, yeah, so it's not about... Um, it's kind of like breaking this thing, like, I mean, the more people who are able to see my work, 
mm-hmm. it's like the best mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. I mean there is like this privileged society which can go to mm-hmm. galleries and who exactly. can like afford themselves to go to museums and everything mm-hmm. but for the rest of the people you just have kind of like the street mm-hmm. and public space it also turned out to be for us in like the last months a huge thing mm-hmm. like I mean art in public space and also like I mean first it started because of uh, street art mm-hmm. now we're like talking about like performances we're also talking about like different forms of art in public space yeah um, because it's just like especially also because of corona and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. If, if everything is closed what can you do, you exactly. know, like, I mean, yeah. if you're not allowed to go to to closed spaces, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you can also keep on experiencing art through different uh, mediums. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, especially in the beautiful springs, summers, and falls mm-hmm. that we have here, everybody wants to be outside anyway. Yeah. Inside is just too hot anyway when it gets hot. <laughs> it's, it's just nice to be in an in a outdoor area and enjoy the stuff that you usually would enjoy inside. Yeah. I think it's really great. I, I totally agree with that. Like just doing more stuff outdoors and and engage. You also engage a lot of more people. You know? Definitely. And and people like connect with each other. I think that's very important. Like you know, these communities they are depends on the district, but in in many districts they are very diverse. And when you have something happening in public spaces, they all come together. Like and if you create also something interactive, that's an advantage. Mm-hmm. So you already create like you know. Um, something better for the community itself mm-hmm. and better for like you know if people interact and they come closer together and they communicate mm-hmm. it's it's already better for the in a bigger picture also mm-hmm. like you know that's how it starts like if you want to change the world and make it better it starts with the small things and it yeah. grows yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i've been following this collective it's a mexican collective and they're doing a lot of things in public space Mm-hmm. So basically, they don't have any gallery, it's not an exhibition, it's not, it's like all happenings in public space. And they go, so it's a small town, um, kind of like 30 minutes away from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. You know, like towns in Mexico City, there are like so many, but it's like mm-hmm. still kind of like a very different reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bring artists and they just make happenings there. And it's just like super social because it always involves community. Mm-hmm. And they have like super crazy projects, which like, I mean, it would be very interesting to apply here in Vienna. So it's like based based on the, on the, on the set. And you're also talking with marginalized communities and you kind of like create something in which is between art and social participation mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it's like something super beautiful. Do you see yourself staying in Vienna, like indefinitely, or is this? <laughs> do you think that maybe one day you'll just be like, you know what, this was fun. Maybe Rome is nice, or I don't know. <laughs> this is a weird question, but I thought that maybe I would ask because people ask me all the time, "Are you staying here?" I was like, "I've been here six years, man. I just got married. I have like, <laughs> I, have a gala. I think I'm staying here, man." Like. Uh, Let's say, like, professionally, like, what we're doing now, I am happy to do it in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't want to stop because I think it's a process. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think we're driven by also, like, making some kind of change in what yeah. we do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, you know, we, you know, we can move somewhere else. We're also very connected to the community and to people and what's happening here. Yeah. And for us, it's very important, this growth and staying in one place and, like, impact and everything. Mm-hmm. Um... 
on, on a personal uh, on a personal side, you never know. Yeah. You know, there's like there are some things might happen. I I might be like you know, uh, I, I might have to go back to my home country mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, uh, also on other hand, I'm very happy like to be in Europe and be close to my home country and close to other like countries in Europe, which is very easy like you know to do some projects yeah, there definitely. and co- collaborate and mm-hmm. go to the like we mentioned already Serbia. Mm-hmm. We might have the project in Serbia, so we always like you know trying also to find some connections with different countries I mm-hmm. think. And, mm-hmm. and home countries also not far away. So yeah, that I would answer like that. Like, I have to say, like, I feel extremely committed to what I'm doing here. Yeah. And especially what I'm doing with Improper Walls. I never thought, like, I will take any commitment this huge in my life, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually very happy with this. So, like, most probably definitely I'm staying in, most probably definitely. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, It's the best answer. It's the next t-shirt. Uh, 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 most probably definitely. Most probably definitely staying. But uh, on a personal level, of course, I get urged to, to try something new. And that's, I think it's a normal thing of, like, um, trying to grow and so on. But True, yeah. in a way, Improper Walls always gives me a possibility to grow because I can always bring up my ideas mm-hmm. so it's it's limiting it's not really limiting so it's it's a big uh, big fight inside but again, I also have the same thought like um, if I need to move out at some time somewhere like from the need mm-hmm. um, it's possible it could happen like so I'm open and try to be flexible but still committed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me I think it was it was kind of like always this this bipolarity between like it's so easy to be here and I just feel myself like a fish in the water and at the same time it's so not easy because of all the bureaucratic shit that I've been through and it's also kind of really traumatizing and it's also very uh, hard to keep in like Mm -hmm. I mean in a very personal level Uh, about improper walls I'm very happy with what we have and I yeah I mean I will be in until 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 the wheel fall off <laughs> <laughs> until we decide it yeah. <laughs> but I'm very uh, positive about it it's just like sometimes really hard like in a personal level to find like this strength like I I don't know like I mean I I've also been through depression for example yeah, because yeah. of all these um, limitations like Austria has proved for me mm-hmm. and my status as mm-hmm. a Drittenstaat-Angehörige. You know, yeah, like many yeah. Mexicans don't have it easy here as mm-hmm. well as many other countries. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Being, being a migrant who's not from the EU, yeah. it's also something that has to be like vocalized and it's, it's a real struggle. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a fucking struggle yeah. and it's, it takes a lot of energy Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of strength and a lot of patience. Sometimes <laughs> you just don't, sometimes you just want to wake and like fuck it. Like yeah. I mean, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know? But then you see the the like I mean the beautiful fruits of mm-hmm. everything that you're doing and course, then you see yeah. your beautiful friends <laughs> and then you see like all this beautiful family that we've created mm-hmm. and I don't know, then 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 it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Are you having to apply for a visa like every year or is it, do you have like every three years? For five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of skated along for a while without a visa for a good good amount of time. 
and yes. when I first got here, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I wasn't planning to be here. <laughs> Honestly, I moved here, and I was like, okay, I'm here. And then, uh, am I going to stay here? I don't know. And then I was like, do I have to look into this visa thing? I didn't even think about it, you know. And I mean, luckily it worked out, but it's still, I mean, coming from the U.S., you would think, oh, it's just easy. It's really not. I've, I applied for my new, my visa's already expired, actually. I had it for three years, and it ex- it was supposed to expire in December, and you can't reapply until three months up until mm-hmm. the time. So, of course, three months before the expiration date, I applied for the next visa. I still have not heard anything from the visa office. Yes. Yeah. And if I, I understand remember, Corona, yeah. whatever, but like at least they. I can remember these times where I was applying for my um, student visa, and I would have to wait like six months. And basically, you're applying for a one-year visa. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then six years, you're in the limbo, <laughs> not being able to do... What? Months. Six, <laughs> I said years. <laughs> it, felt, it felt like six years. <laughs> six months, you're in the limbo. All yeah. your friends are traveling there and doing like different things. And you're just like, fuck, uh, like, I mean, I cannot do anything else. Send you know? me photos. Send me yeah, photos. And <laughs> yeah. It's really it's really difficult. Yeah, it's, I it don't know why is. they make it so... so I mean... I, of course, they have to have some kind of structure, but it's really, it's unbelievable how they, how they do it. On the other hand, it would be the same European, like I'm from European Union to go to states. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's exactly the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 If a European would come to Mexico, they would put like a red carpet in, <laughs> and so like, oh my God, you're European. Hello, welcome. What do you want to Brilliant. do here? Yes. Like. <laughs> You know, I experienced that, like in US, I went as a student, but like uh, two years, but like in Australia, like uh, it was no other choice. You have one kind of visa, like mm-hmm. or like few kinds, and one is just only one fitting to you, and you like have to deal with that. And yeah. You need to renew it, and if you want no, to stay, no. and like, yeah, I think this is. It's, I think it's a worldwide uh, thing, mm-hmm. like happening with this, like unions and true, everywhere, true. and like. It's not just Vienna, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure, yeah. yeah. But still, it's... And also going to the States is not so easy. No, no, it's not. Uh, I mean, for me, it's really easy. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're Iranian. If, if Are you Iranian? Really? What's the process like? Trying to get to the US. To US? Uh, like I say from European Union because yeah. I always say like on the same mm-hmm. like so we went from Lithuania so me and Justina we were both there so you go with the student visa mm-hmm. so for example we use the student um, there's a program um, work, uh, work and, and travel, travel. Work and okay travel. so you go in summer you work for four months mm-hmm. cheaply <laughs> As an Eastern European Union, like, yeah. work the party, sleep two so hours, work again, Mexico, party, sleep two hours, Russia. and four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like mostly like uh, Mexicans and Eastern Europeans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Europeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, because and, you go to Central, Central America. Yeah. Mexicans? No, I don't meet Mexicans. Because you meet in actually which place? any. So, we, you were also in, in New York. No, I was in uh, New Jersey and Massachusetts, and I had like mostly Dominicans. Dominican, how do they say? Mm-hmm. Dominican Republic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but basically, you just get visa for very like certain time. Mm-hmm. But like, I had a friend who fell in love uh, being in US uh, with uh, a person from US, and they wanted uh, to stay together, and it took for them three years to figure out how to work it out, and wow. even like going into fiance kind of mm-hmm. thing, oh like my a God. mother. 
<laughs> registering and then like finally they got married in US but like it was three years process until they could because he could not stay in Austria sorry in, well, sorry, in Lithuania but <laughs> yeah. they could, he could not come to Europe as well more than yeah. for three months mm, yeah uh, also because of, uh, of yeah. European Union mm-hmm. like uh, laws mm. and she could not go also to US so it was yeah. like this long distance kind of thing like of fighting of being together or not until they finally could get married and legally be admitted to US. Do you know in the US there's this uh, reality show, it's called 90 Day Fiancé. Oh, yeah. Do you know this? I when... know it because of memes. It's so <laughs> bad. And then I, it was actually quarantine and I started saying no. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in the US uh, last Christmas to visit my family, it was I was binge-watching this with my sister. <laughs> And it was just incredible, like the people from, you know, from Russia or from, from wherever, and they're trying to go to America and they have a mm-hmm. fiance and they have to do this fiance K-1 visa stuff. And it's like this whole, there's a lot of people, you know, from like girls from Philippines trying to hook up with men in the U.S., but the, the women in the Philippines are like young and, and sexy. And then that the guys so in the U.S. Disgusting. are like big and old and just like like how is he what how is nick like this turtlenecked guy yeah 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 we got the big neck ed ed right yeah they call him big ed <laughs> and he was a little short like really big guy with like no neck and he was so fucking He's, mean to him he was mean but he was trying to be it was like uh anyway we're gonna I mean, get into this whole thing about 90 fiance but it was it, he was really he's mean but he's also he goes to the philippines and he has to like deal with this whole situation of like mm. sleeping in this real in like a shack like a, just like a room no bed like just a mat you know and like yeah. taking showers like with water out of a bucket with his with the we woman's dad <laughs> like yeah, just yeah, like yeah. really just crazy and like a big ass like diseased rat in the corner like he's like what's that and he's like it's like as big as a dog and this rat looks like it's like about to die like the hairs falling off of it, like it was, it was just disgusting. The guy's like, "What is this?" And the, the, the girl's like, "It's a rat." And no, it's a, and she says, "It's a mouse." He's like, "Are you sure?" Looks like a yeah, di- disease rat. Yeah, but her like to shave. Oh like, yes, her legs. He also brings like nice underwear, and he brings like a toothbrush because mm. she stinks. Mm-hmm. That's also like I mean, what the fuck? Oh, that, but like that's going to yeah. some cliches. Like yeah. that sounds very. I mean, they only knew each other online, you know, like through yeah. like video calls and stuff, and then of course you're. Yeah, but I think we're talking about different kind of scenarios. I think we're like <laughs> one thing like we try to uh, like address when people like actually really want to live in our country for like certain reason mm-hmm. of really being in love or like really being like eager to perceive their like life there. Mm-hmm. And like limitations we are facing, and other things sounds like just going. Yeah, just to get out of the, yeah. you know, the country you're in. Yeah. yeah, and this is also yeah. I mean. But that's a thing that's happening, and it's that this inequality in the world and between countries, and um, yeah, it's created by it's still anyway, it's created by the Western culture, like you know that yeah. other countries like are unequal and like in very poverty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we made this gap, like you know the the, the Europe and all the West. Mm-hmm. So it's it's our fault, but we need to address that, and we need to finally, like you know, try to somehow like fix it. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't think anybody or it would be fixed by now. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's it's so. I mean, obviously, there's there's classes in in our society that that are really comfortable, yeah. and they're not willing to change anything, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it would take for that to change. You know, that's. Um, 
But like on another hand, like you know, we also now facing something global, right? It's mm-hmm. er, like uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's still like of course like different things happening in different countries and people are experiencing it like really different from yeah. each other. Yeah. But at least at the beginning, like or in the middle of the last year, it, it, it felt some kind of this hope, like you know, that this like this kind of like uh, unification, like you know, we kind of facing this. Yeah, exactly the same shit. Mm-hmm. Now I don't feel the same anymore. But like I, for the short time, I had this like kind of spark of hope, like maybe maybe the world can finally change and maybe somehow we can like you know make well, it better one, for yeah. everyone, mm-hmm. like you know. But uh, and then you know that then you like. Back to understanding that, no. Yeah, I think it, it was really strange. Everyone is so egoistic mm. and they just, yeah. It was really strange how, of course, when something really dramatic happens, like a pandemic, then you would expect everyone to kind of come together and try mm. to work it out. And I think in the beginning, I think people were all very like, oh, my God, you know, take care of, you know, the, the elderly and, you know, yeah. make sure everybody's fine. A lot of places also made the, everything politicized with the mask wearing and, you know, the vaccine now. Everybody's like, what is, you know, I'm not going to take that. It's like, And, and yeah, the vaccine really also then, like, under the rich countries are, like, good with that and the rich people. Then, like, even in the rich countries under, like, under also the rich people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Like you know, it, it should be like okay, it's a global problem because of travel. We travel to the poor countries. Let's mm-hmm. say, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's it's a part of the life. We yeah. like to go there to yeah. travel and to like know the cultures. Yeah. And now we like you know cannot fucking like make it global and share this like you know treatment like yeah. for everyone so we all get back. Yeah, like, yeah. And, you know. It needs to be worldwide where mm. everyone is um, able to get back, or it's not going to change. I mean, it's going to be continue for years but yeah I think you said something very important and it's the responsibility we have towards each other and this can start from a very like simple place mm-hmm. you know like <coughs> just taking care of your closest people and like really kind of like trying to mini- limit it mm-hmm. but so many people don't care And they yeah. kind of like, they want to keep their lifestyle and they want to keep on like doing a lot of things and everything. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So it is. How did it get so depressing all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, we're also living in depressing times. <laughs> we try to keep up, like, keep doing stuff. There's, there's a lot of positivity though through, through this thing, I But think. But isn't it also like, I mean, what we're doing is kind of like an act of resistance, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, keep on working and keep on doing things. It's very easy to give up and to mm. say, okay, so we're not doing anything. We're not organizing any more exhibitions. It's very easy just to say like, okay, so let's, let's kind of like yeah. skip it. Let's postpone it. Resilience. 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 Resilience is most important, right? Like, you know, we can... Yeah, and finding alternative ways into doing what you're doing and what you love to do. Mm-hmm. But kind of like, okay, so what we love doing is like, okay, so organizing exhibitions and bringing mm-hmm. like exhibitions to public. And now, for example, the gallery is closed, but we're trying to find alternative ways mm-hmm. to bring it also to the people But be it digital, be it in um, um, newsletter or blog or be it in, you know, like, I mean, through the window, we're still doing it. And I think that's already kind of like an act of resistance Mm -hmm. and kind of like being a bit punk and improper and just like putting it 
steal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Something I wanted to ask you, I think a lot of people want to to know, um, like, how the gallery works. Like, how do you how do you finance it? Like, how do you make it work? How have you been able to survive for this long um, with what you're doing? Like, so so punk rock style, you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what yeah, there's, <laughs> there's different ways. Like, what, what kind of avenues do you look for to, that help you? Really, number one, I think it's passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think we, uh, our weak point is, our weak side is, mm-hmm. we are very non-business oriented. Uh, yeah, me too. Hello. <laughs> it's very, very struggle. But we are non-profit, so of course we like depend on the grants from the state, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also city, yeah, and and also district, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and projects together with other partners and maybe some other like you know, some fundings like, yeah, coming from yeah. that. But so it's like a lot of searching for for grants and stuff like this, and, and we do. This. That's the the the, uh, the main. Uh, income we have like our, our main support that's the, like you know that's mm-hmm. how we can function mm-hmm. yeah. but we also have I don't know we have also alternative we have our patron so mm-hmm. people also yeah. Can, like, uh, know, yeah the patron is, yeah. is fairly new right it's, it uh, happened during no. one year I think yeah. I don't know what yeah the, since what since corona mm-hmm. yeah a bit before, no, we had a, a tiny bit of tiny, tiny bit before. Bit of, <laughs> kind of before, like un, under table Patreon, like, hey, hit me up over here. But the other thing we find also, <laughs> like, not so easy, like, you know, asking people to give us money. I know it's awesome. hard. It's really hard. It's also hard, to, like, especially owning the gallery. It's like, you know, people are creating art to sh- and you're showing your gallery. It's hard for me also to just be like, hey, I, I, I want some of that money. from. But you're giving them a space, but at the same time, to ask him from a percentage of what you sell it for? No, 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 no. It's so like improper walls mm-hmm. is non-profit, so it's yeah, it's off commission. No, I know you. Th- yeah, this yeah, is what yeah, you do, but yeah. this is why it's it's really interesting because any other gallery you go yeah. to, they're like, hey, give me forty percent of what you got, bro. Give me that shit. Yeah. You know, that's like, why we are not any other gallery, and we're not even like you know on the list of uh, like galleries in Milan. So we are not like you know this real gallery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we do it like totally different. different. <laughs> do it your own style. <laughs> I mean, it's also an alternative space. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Know. It's it's a gallery. I mean, there's. I think gallery maybe has a, a negative tone to it, but because when you think of gallery, you think of like very you know go dressed up nice, get a little glass of wine, look around, and you know the artist really expensive paintings, and the artist gets a little bit of that money, and but then there's galleries like having and what we try to do it's like it's more about the artist and it's about the community yeah. and we're not trying to to get rich and we're not trying to I mean getting rich is great but like you know I mean it's like we're not trying to to take advantage of the people who are creating stuff on this world you know yeah. it's like this is it doesn't make sense to take advantage of them it's like just give them a platform and then try to find other ways to make money you know like there's so much money. The government is sitting there on, on just tons of money. And like, give it to us. Let us make you a beautiful, you know, creative room for you. You know, it's yeah. like, this is what's And you know difficult. how much effort it is, like, just to give the platform. And not it, it's mm-hmm. not just about giving the platform. It's also, like, this work behind. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, I mean, concept of social media. It's, like, yeah. preparing concepts. It's, like, yeah. so many other things, which is, like, a lot of work mm-hmm, definitely and like i mean we definitely. would be super super i think one of our ideals 
would be like I mean to give artists what they deserve, mm-hmm. and that would be like I mean to give artists honorarium and everything. Production mm-hmm. costs. Production yeah. costs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 difficult. But this is exact. I understand that exactly. It's not. Mm. It's not just. Um, you have a room like opening up, put your art there. It's like you know, it's all the advertising online. It's like, like I think every exhibition. I mean, you see it with your exhibitions, like it has its own branding as itself. You know, it's like you have to come up with a concept, a feeling. You have to take con- you have to take the feeling from the ex- exhibition that you're presenting, and kind of express that to everyone out, mm-hmm. and t- in your group. You know, and this is what's this is very valuable. You know, but it's. And there's a lot of people also involved working on an exhibition. Mm-hmm. So it's not Definitely. only like the curator that works directly with the artist. Mm-hmm. There will be like social media person. There will be a graphic designer. There will be a photographer. There will be a video cam- like mm-hmm. cameraman. Mm-hmm. And music so person. Music. We always have music yep. performances. Yep. So it's also like when it comes to even like covering the uh, color of the to paint the wall, yeah, the wall. like different mm-hmm. color every for each exhibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's an expense maybe we can cover from the fundings and so on. But when it comes to covering all honorariums that you want to cover for everybody like mm-hmm. equally yeah. and uh, peer price, that's a bit uh, a bit of a challenge. But I have to say like we, with the way we started to work for the gallery, like we actually just uh, paid ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we also have to pay rent for the space. Exactly, so it doesn't yeah. come like exactly. for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this kind of things also needs to be covered. We have also like, I don't know, website the, um, uh, subscription needs uh, to be also paid and so on. Mm-hmm. So these kind of things like um, for a very long time, actually we paid from our own pockets. Yeah. Like aside of doing all the, all the, our job ourselves. Mm-hmm. And or asking our friends and people who were willing to like contribute their like working hours mm-hmm. to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes we were asking artists to contribute to the exhibition costs mm-hmm. uh, to have the, for example, solo shows and so on. Which is something that like we really don't want to do, but like it was just not affordable for us to be able to to run the place. Yeah, of course. And. As we are functioning as a foreign, like I don't know, an English like um, association, association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we are dependent on fundings, and like most probably we will be always dependent on fundings. Mm-hmm. And we're very lucky that like, and it's fine. I think like it's totally mm-hmm. fine because yeah, Austria definitely. is supporting very good mm-hmm. in the cultural scene. It's it's nice to support it, but like it just takes a lot of years to grow on a certain level to yeah. be fully supported as you really need to get. Mm-hmm. So we're growing there, but like very slowly each yeah. year, a tiny bit more. Um, so this year, for example, we are very happy that we don't need to, for example, to ask from artists to pay anymore for exhibitions so we co- can cover the rent, we can cover the paints and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we still cannot cover, for example, our honorariums. We cannot uh, pay out the artists and yeah. so on. But like we're growing, we're going to this this kind of like um, content that we want to reach. And there's also alternative phase, as you say, like, for example, Patreon that we get like, I don't know, now for example, it's very little, but like we still get 100 euros every month mm-hmm. from our patrons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is already like covering certain costs yeah, that course. we can eliminate like from our own like pockets or yeah, like from yeah. the funding or from the artists and That's so on. Great. So it's just like very big support for us. Uh, we also get like a price spender, so called this like uh, pay a yeah, for drinks yeah. and so on for events, which didn't function in 2020 so much. Yeah. But like usually, like we would get a lot of money from this as well, like flowing mm-hmm. into inside. So we can also like kind of like navigate this money to the material cost mostly. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like certain ways that like we still can like earn money, and we're working on a different collaborations and outside projects mm-hmm. to, to 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 be able yeah. to support our place. It's just. Um, it's just not that like there yet yeah. that like we would be able like to pay ourselves properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but as long it's not 100 percent sustainable yeah. but i think it's cultural field and it takes some time and like we do feel that we're getting recognition needed from the this official part yeah yeah <laughs> 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 and really hope like we will reach um like yeah, with next year's or with this year we still have a bit of hopes we're still waiting for some answers for some pending and so on yeah so maybe we'll still like maybe we'll reach this point this year if not this year we have hopes for next year mm-hmm. it just takes time mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah. and patience and yeah and, and patience and we have merch now so some kind of ideas of like course, you know, yeah. as i said before we're very bad in this business but we're still like trying like you know to think about something because we really re- also realize that it's very difficult to be dependent on a, on a on a official funding so like grants like yeah I mean, you know it's yeah. it's you never know what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. year maybe like you know the the government's changing they're totally different parties are in yeah. like our coalitions are different like you know they have different understandings about art and then they can cut everything yep yep so of course like if we want to exist and like sustain ourselves we have to think about like alternative like incomes uh, and we keep on thinking but I think that's that's our weak part that we like cannot concentrate on that because for us it's more important like you know this community and topics and mm-hmm. you know this mm-hmm. freedom of expression yeah. and doing things creating yeah 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 the best thing is if people just came and just like enjoyed what you're doing so much and just gave you a bunch of money every week oh, it's like yeah. hey there you go guys how you guys doing here's some more money you guys are doing so great but that really would be really amazing if someone would just come and say like you guys you're doing like an amazing work do you need do some you money want to have like one million euros yeah please keep yeah. it please don't get it out we're looking for the rich people who want to support us and pay us some money every month like that's to keep right. us going just keep it happening cool things. that's right there's, there's there's really cool stuff happening that needs to be be funded some way and it's yeah. like it's really it's a it's a concept that's um it it needs to be i think embraced a little bit more to to really let people in the creative field um do what they do best and to give you know let to give a platform to other artists to organize these events and do this amazing work that 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 you know that we're trying to do here what improper walls is doing and if if there was a way that we can make money with it, you know, it'd be great, you know, but it's just, there should be more awareness that this is happening and that at least, you know, it needs to be, uh, especially during this Corona times, like it needs to be kind of helped and the galleries are here that you guys are doing this stuff and it could be, it needs to be helped also, you know, artists need to be helped, but the galleries that are trying to show the artists need to be helped also. Alternative spaces. I feel like I really believe like I like that term also. I like that term. <laughs> Alternative spaces need to be held. Yeah. The galleries can go to hell. But I believe there's a certain support for commercial art galleries. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I never just, really thought about the about the difference of it because mm-hmm. alternative space is actually really new for me. I think I just yeah. heard about that right now. Yeah. And I think like there's like this kind of like uh, understanding of alternative space being ran by the artist, so you get support as an artist, like let's say from government, mm-hmm. so then you can run the space. But like as in the space itself, it's very hard to like um, to be recognized, like to 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 build up this like full name, mm-hmm. like from the you know, like when I'm talking about like more official government institutions, like yeah. to get a name. Yeah, it's yeah. like a commercial gallery or some artists, and mm-hmm. like you in between, and then it becomes a bit more complicated on them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that makes sense. And, and I think alternative space is very European term. 
But <laughs> I, I also cannot remember, but we kind of like got into this topic uh, some time ago already, mm-hmm. like, and, and there is a difference of the term itself. Okay. Uh, right. Between the continents. I see, <laughs> like, I see. So in the US it's a bit different, and in Europe it's mm-hmm. also like. That I really think like off space is like actually more used in in Austria. Maybe. So if you talk about, for example, the Schweizer house, they mm-hmm. are called like off space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I maybe off space is more. Um, now I cannot like you know European. guarantee what which is correct, but I, I think it's okay. interesting also like uh, to check it out like these yeah. definitions. Yeah. <laughs> it's also very hard to define yourself into something. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier, trying to find yourself into, like, the frame of something. It's the same with the what, what you create, you know? It's like anything you create, everyone already wants to put it into a certain category. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to trying to explain what you do, it's like you have only these categories to pick from to explain it. And when you try to mix in between it, then you just start confusing the hell out of everybody. You get the cross-eyed. Yeah. Looks and just yeah. like that. Which is so sad, isn't it? Like we always run into this complication when it comes, for example, to fundings. Yeah. Like it will be so much easier to apply for a project. Mm-hmm. Like or for a single exhibition that like contains several events or something because mm-hmm. it has a topic, it mm-hmm. has like certain artists and so on. When you apply as an organization, mm-hmm. it's for yearly funding. For yearly funding, and then we will try to define what we really do, and we do so much. We yeah. don't do just exhibitions. Mm-hmm. We do everything. Like yeah. we do like music performances. Mm-hmm. We do like artist talks. We do mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. We do like workshops. A blo- like it's blo- workshops. Like it's just combination of everything and like such a different topics as well. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be like, what are you doing then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, if you would apply for a very specific project, it would be much easier. And I think yeah. like, I guess artists also end up in this kind of like struggle as well, that like you have to put yourself in the very certain drawer. Like, yeah. oh, you're like focusing on yeah. gender equality. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, that's what you're working on. And yeah. yeah. Is it like silver? Yeah, I think there's also another beer. There's also some... I in- said no... You said no beer? No. <laughs> but now I see the beer. It's like, hey, take the rest of this one. There's like... No, no, no. Oh, All right, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Good <laughs> evening. Good, so we've covered um, gender, race. Uh, <laughs> what else do we need to do? Migration, identity. What else is there? What else can we... Wait, you never said, like, how was your experiences growing up as a Latino person in the U.S.? Um, it was it was really strange, uh, I guess. I don't really, I can't compare it to anything else, you know, obviously. It's, so my father was in the Army, and he was Cuban. You know, he, he moved to, uh, maybe I should start with that. Should I start with, yeah, I'll start with yeah. my father. <laughs> <laughs> it so starts I, with your father. It starts with my father. Um, my father's Cuban, my mother's Puerto Rican, and, but my father moved to the U.S. in, I think it was the late 50s. He was a kid. He didn't move here. He, he came with my, my grandfather. Um, he was, my grandfather was a, a baseball coach in Cuba. Um, he actually started the, the Little League in, in Cuba. And Little League is like, it's like the junior baseball. Mm-hmm. It's where people learn how to play baseball. He started, he started it there, and he's credited by a lot of people in Cuba as being the godfather of, like, of um, 
like junior baseball there. Mm-hmm. A lot of like really famous baseball players came out from Cuba under learning from him. Baseball is actually very big in Cuba. It's huge, yeah, mm-hmm. it's huge. And especially around this time in um, the 50s, 60s and stuff, like a lot of like really big Cuban players are coming um, to the U.S. and playing on mm-hmm. the uh, American teams. And from what I heard from my my uncle, I believe, because my father didn't really talk about it so much, but my, my uncle told me that he um, was invited to a World Series game in in the U.S., my grandfather was, uh, because some of his players were playing on the, in the World Series. And, you know, under Castro, Cuba, they he had to get permission to leave, obviously, and he was able to leave with my two uncles and my father, so his three sons, and my grandmother, but they couldn't take anything with them. They weren't able to bring money or anything. They were able to go fly to see the game, see a World Series game, which is like the end of the baseball season, and then it's the championship, and then they had to go right back. Um, my grandmother was a seamstress, so she would sew. She was a, a nea, mm-hmm. so she was always building dresses for people. The only thing that they were able to take with them were baseball gloves, right? So my grandmother opened up all the great baseball gloves. They, had, they could take three because there was three kids, and she put inside of the baseball gloves all the jewelry, all the money and everything mm-hmm. inside, sewed it back up so you couldn't tell. And they came over to the U.S., they went to the game, and they never went back to Cuba. And then, yeah, they survived here in the U.S. And later on, my my grandfather started working for different uh, baseball camps. My father joined the Army um, in order to get citizenship. And That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. yeah. And um, my other, my two uncles, you know, went the citizenship, didn't go to the Army, but they went the route to to getting citizenship and they became citizens. Um, Since my father was in the army, I moved around a lot. So I was born in Houston, Texas, but I only stayed there for maybe a year before we moved directly to Hawaii. And I was there for five years, the first five years of my life. And my sister was born in Hawaii. And then we moved to Louisiana. I was there for like, I don't know, five or six years. And then I moved to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. And in Atlanta, Georgia, I was, this when I started going to my, my teenage years. You know, I was like really young. I was like 10, 11, 12, you know, this, I think we were there for about six or seven years. And this is where I started to realize that I was a little bit different because there was whites and there were blacks. And in, in Atlanta, that's all you had, you know? So there was no one that was Hispanic, you know? And I didn't realize, it, except for my family, obviously. But, um, and even in school, people just assumed that I was mixed, you know? That I was half white, half black. But I didn't know what any of that meant. And then I didn't, so I couldn't really, like, I don't know. I always felt different, but I didn't know why I felt different, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like, um, there was something I could say, like, it's because I'm not, you know, my family's not from here or whatever. It just felt like it was off. I didn't identify with the white kids. I didn't identify with the black kids. And then I moved to San Antonio, Texas um, in 96. I was 15, you know, 16. And, uh, and that's when I started to realize, oh, there's, there's Mexicans. <laughs> they speak Spanish, and I know some of this language. You know, I didn't, I didn't learn Spanish because my... My mother had a, coming from Puerto Rico, she had a really hard time to learn English, and she didn't want my sister and I to 
to have Spanish be our mother tongue, and then it'd be really hard for us to learn English because she, I think she, it was really so hard for her, you know, to have this accent. She, you know, it was just difficult for. And your dad? Uh, my dad didn't really push for us to learn uh, Spanish or anything. And they would never speak with each other. In They'd Spanish? speak Spanish to them to each other all the time. That's how. <laughs> that's the only way I learned. I didn't learn it how to speak it, but I can understand. But it was mostly them yelling at my, me and my sister, you know. You know? Guys, hit the walk out, like stuff like this. And I'm like, I know what this means, you know. It's also Puerto Rican Spanish and Cuban Spanish is very particular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I learned because they would only speak Spanish when they didn't want my sister and I to know what they were talking about, you know, sometimes. So it was like their own like, little secret language that they uh -huh. could kind of keep to themselves. But um, my sister ended up learning it from my grandmother. My grandmother was like, there's no way my granddaughter is not going to learn Spanish. My sister stayed with my grandmother for about one summer, and she learned all the Spanish she needed to learn. I didn't learn at all, really. I just learned a little bit from hearing, but never really learned it, and, which is a weird thing. You know, I think it's the first thing when people see my, my last name, they automatically they realize that it's a Hispanic last name, and then they always ask me if I know Spanish, and I always have to tell the whole thing, like, I don't know, my, you know, my mother didn't want me to know, and all this stuff. I don't blame my mother at all. I don't blame my parents at all for not teaching me. I understand, you know, growing up in the U.S., especially in the southern U.S., where mm -hmm. in Georgia I'd be in the car with my mom driving to work, and there'd be, like, KKK members on the street handing out pamphlets to people, you know? And, and I don't know what these people are being, like, you know, 13 years old, I'm like, what, is, what, is, what are they doing, these white cloaks? My mom would just say, yeah, they don't, they don't like us. Okay, I don't understand that. But, uh, and I can understand why they didn't want me speaking Spanish and stuff like this, because in the South and U.S. at that time, it was no, no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so, I find it's very interesting because... I don't know, I feel like, you know, I think now it's a bit, maybe it would be also a different opinion also maybe for your parents, because we, now we understand that kids are able to be multilingual mm -hmm. from yeah. the very beginning. And it's very beneficial. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it helps you, like, in the future, like, you know, you're very, like, you know, then you can uh, manage so many languages, mm -hmm. like, if you started from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could be very wrong. Maybe there's another reason why I didn't pick it up. Yeah, yeah but I understand the reason why your parents, like, you didn't want it. Yeah, but I also think like now maybe it's a bit different time and we know things differently, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and maybe it's not so common anymore that like you know people are avoiding like their kids to learn like more languages at the same time. Yeah, because yeah. We know that kids are able to like you know to speak three languages fluently. Yeah. Uh, from their little age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's obvious that knowing more languages is going to give you more opportunity and stuff. Um, But I, I know that eventually I'm going to take those Spanish courses. And I think it's, in my mind, I feel like it's going to come very naturally to me, mm -hmm. you know. But I haven't got there yet because German is still kind of <laughs> kicking me in the ass. You know? <laughs> I love speaking German, though, too. I just, I can't do it very well. And I get, you know, it's, you know, when it's a different language, you know, this it's like, it's hard to present yourself appropriately. It's hard to express yourself You do it in a, in a more creative way, you know, and like you, the good thing about German is there's like a lot of words that are kind of just like two words put together and make one word, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's also logical. very confusing. Yeah, it's logical, but it's, it's also specific. confusing. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's a, also a good topic to open like for example in our case like we're here like more than eight years like and, and me personally i still feel like really not me if i talk in german Mm -hmm. I, I can still not identify myself. I feel like I'm a totally different person. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, like English is it's not my mother tongue, but and it also took me so many years. Like I was thinking like recently, like uh, I started learning English when I was five mm -hmm. and I was only feeling comfortable talking English when I was 25. Yeah. So then I, I thought like, fuck. So <laughs> is it going to take me another 20 years until I feel comfortable talking in German? <laughs> <laughs> but because it, it's, I, I find it it's a very like interesting topic about this language and also this, um, I mean like Vienna is very multicultural, right? And mm -hmm. like people also accept you like speaking in English, but it also like restricts you a lot still. Yeah. Uh, and that's. Uh, it does, yeah. Yeah, and that's for me it's always the question and this kind of like you know this topic which I, really interested to discuss and like go deeper like because it's not everyone is able to like you know to to speak multiple languages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's something like you know something also of talent of yeah. self um mm, I think confidence and yeah. many factors yeah you have to together. you have to really want it and you have yeah. to practice and it helps with being in, in the country also but it's exactly but I, on the other hand i feel like the language should not restrict you from what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, no, and, and you not have, should not be restricted by others because of the different language, mm -hmm. especially if people understand, which like, for example, English, like everyone in Austria, most of the mm -hmm. people yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Vienna. But in I Vienna, think it's, yeah. it's, it's very different because True. like we're talking, we're living in Austria, so nobody is like, unless it's like mother tongue from the person because it's a very international country. But usually we speak, um, we feel comfortable uh, speaking in English because we can make a lot of mistakes because nobody speaks perfect. And mm -hmm. it's like some certain language that we all build up together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's very international English. Mm -hmm. And I even heard you today using Kulschrank and then something else, <laughs> which for you would be like, why wouldn't you say like a refrigerator? You know, like. <laughs> so I think like we all build up, we pick up like certain words and like mm. it's our own English and like it's fine to make mistakes. Yeah. When it comes to German, we're living in all. Austria, mm -hmm. then like we, we're most probably gonna talk with like um, people who for who like German is uh, mother tongue, mm -hmm. and then it's very hard, it's challenging for us because we have to be quite good to feel on the same level as mm -hmm. they are, yeah. and also for them to like take a like talk with us as well because mm -hmm. it would be like for example I really hate when I start to speak German in German with somebody they will slow down yeah they will start like pronouncing the words and be like no like I hear you talking all the time like with your crazy accent yeah it's fine like that's yeah. like I'm, like the only language I know mm -hmm. it's like that's fine for me mm -hmm. but it's so limiting because it puts you on a different level because yeah. it's a mother tongue from somebody mm -hmm. yeah. and English in Austria is a mix of everything yeah. Yeah. and everybody's on the same level then mm -hmm. like we just speak how we can yeah. and everybody understands each other and it's very important like that to feel this on the same level like so no one is like prior like you know exactly like, yeah I feel like um and I think a lot of people that, are, that know me from Texas would say that I've that now I have an accent in my in my English because I feel like my English has come to the yeah. Austrian English in a yeah. way yeah. because when you don't know the German, especially for the first three years, and I didn't know anything, it's like, all you can do is try to speak really clear English, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I find myself even using terms that are not very grammatically correct, like sentences, 
but I hear them all the time from people who don't know who don't yeah. know grammatically yeah. correct. But it, you convey the same message, but it's yeah. At the end, it's mo the communication is most important. The most important that we understand course, each other yeah. and we can do something with each other. Like, of course, but if it comes to the writing, you know, official text and like that, it's another story. Mm -hmm. But in a conversation level, uh, I think it doesn't matter what no, mistakes no. we do and which expressions we use. Like, we mm -hmm. can take it from all the languages around us because some terms, like, really, like, makes more sense in one some language than mm -hmm. in another. Like, you know, you cannot translate all the things. True, true. Yeah. There, there are two points I really think a lot about, and it's like the first, for example, in German, it's like a very rational language, and it opens up the possibility for you to think about things in more structured way. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I really compare with the way I talk in Spanish, like German has trained me to think uh, and also to express myself in a kind of like more organized way mm -hmm. like if I'm talking German it's a bit more rational and it has like these specific ways of being and it's just like I mean you go more directly to the point and it's not just so much blah 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 then for example in Spanish you have like this huge attribute of like I don't know hundred words whenever you want to say one idea you just go around it mm -hmm, and in, mm -hmm. in German you, you you really like I mean you Get don't ask point. for permission you're like <laughs> not justifying yourself you're just saying whatever you want to say yeah yeah and this is something like if you kind of like include in your whatever like I mean if you're speaking in in, in English if you're speaking in Spanish like mm -hmm. I mean it, it really brings out something really good mm -hmm. which is kind of like this structured thinking mm -hmm. and then the second thing i was talking with yusina today and um, I'm, I'm kind of like sad because i was talking with my mom on the phone mm -hmm. yesterday and i was trying to explain her like some concepts for example like uh self-healing mm -hmm. or like i mean healing rituals and things like that and i was like kind of like trying to explain it in in spanish and i just cannot find the words for it and also, like, I mean, I was talking with a friend or with an artist friend and we were talking about uh, gender issues. Mm -hmm. And it's like how I know how to write it. I know how to read it. But I don't know how to explain to explain, like, I mean, gender neutral mm -hmm. in Spanish. And this comes because, like, I mean, we're living in a different place. Yeah. You're not like super like... <sighs> Like, with how many people do you speak your language yeah. and with how many people you you do discuss these mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. There is no lexicon for yeah, that. Like you lexicon. kind of, like, yeah. stop developing your, your language. Your doesn't language. grow with you. Yeah. Like, that's what, yeah. I, what I really noticed, like, for, like, last, like, living here, like, for eight years, my Lithuanian doesn't grow with me. Like, my yeah. intellectual level, like, mm -hmm. Lithuanian states when I was 19. <laughs> so I'm still, like, 19 in Lithuanian. And, like, I just so many words. I, like, don't have words for that. I just have English words or German. Yeah. yeah. And then try to explain to your parents. <laughs> it's impossible. Like, yes. Because you don't have Lithuanian words as well. I would try to explain. It would be like, like, how is it called? Mm -hmm. You have no words also. Yeah. So it's very... Very uh, complicating. But on the other hand, I, I find it also very awesome because you, um, if you push yourself and you kind of like, you know, try to, okay, I should know how to say it in other language, in my mother tongue, like these things I know how to say in English or German or, or something. And 
and you learn. You, you, I, I do research. Like it, it came with time. At the beginning, I really didn't care. But at the, at a, I think at the time we started to do some projects with Lithuania, mm-hmm. and I needed to express like some art things and our like uh, concepts in in the language. I'm like I started to think like I have to learn, and I, I started to research and find out like and. And if you really try, you can be up to time with um, every language you use mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, yeah. But you need to put yeah. effort. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's for sure. Yeah. You really have to keep on and kind of like do this uh, more academic research yeah. into whatever topic you How challenging is that when you think like, like being a normal human being, like to learn German and then to learn your own language, like new words <laughs> and to learn them <laughs> to in English. Language, like yeah. how much devotion should you have? Like, <laughs> do you, but do you speak German? Very bad. Like I mean, yeah. like I, I, I do, but I, I'm very... Mm, as I told before, like I don't feel myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and that's what is like you know blocking me. I, I like it when I'm when I've had a few beers or something. I, I like to try. <laughs> nobody cares when everybody is drunk. Then nobody cares if you're talking. Schlecht, just keep going. It's and you're fun. Just saying bad words. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's it's really I realized because I spent a lot of money on on German classes. You mm. know, I've, I mean, it's not cheap to do, but it yeah. really helps a lot. You know. But I realize if I'm not in the German class, that I have nothing um, motivating me to to learn new words, to to read, to listen. This is stuff that only happens because I have to do it in the class. But when it, when the class is done, and if I don't continue to read German, which I do not like to do, <laughs> I will automatically pull up that uh, Google Translator and just like, what is this trying to tell me? I read it. I think reading German, it's also very challenging. It is challenging. Like, I mean, you can understand spoken German mm-hmm. kind of like easier. Yeah. But like sorry. reading it, it's like. Yeah. I mean, I can get the I can get the gist. You know, I can I can read it and be like, okay, this is talking about this room has three windows and <laughs> and uh, the, it has a, a heated floor. This, you know, it's gonna the provision and all this stuff. I can understand if I'm looking. You can for rent stuff. an apartment. Yeah, I can rent an apartment. <laughs> and if I'm looking for stuff on Wilhelm, and I can understand. I even t- try because I like, I don't know. I I, I like. If I text somebody on Will, I'm saying Will Haven because I like to buy stuff on Will Haven. Yeah. Okay, I like to buy whatever toys or whatever. And so, <laughs> I try to message them in German. I know my German isn't the great. I don't like tr- try to translate it first usually unless it's a really complicated question. I'll just simply ask them. You know, will you take twenty euros for this or something? You know, wollen Sie zwanzig Euro nehmen for das? You know, or something like that. Just really simple. Yeah. And I'll just continue. And if it, if the con- conversation continues through text, then eventually I'll say like, "Oh, by the way, I'm sorry for my bad German." Just so they know that like I'm not just like a three year old kid like trying to buy some exactly. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I think that's a problem. Like you know, you, it's it's like this like a uh, thing like that you sound a bit like not into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. look, this is not my mother tongue. I'm yeah. really a professor in science. In the U.S. of America, professor of science. That was for me like one of the first, like I mean, the, when I got like okay, so I think I can speak German. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I was I was talking with a friend, and she's super intellectual, and she's into philosophy and history of art, and she was talking with her friends. And uh, 
they were discussing, I cannot remember what, but it was a very philosophical conversation. And after like years of being here and just like really, as you say, like, I mean, feeling kind of like stupid, (laughs) (laughs) feeling also kind of uh, not funny at all, because, you know, if you don't manage the language, you Mm. also cannot like make jokes. Yeah, yeah. So after having all these things, I could finally uh, like really keep on the conversation Mm -hmm. and... I, I, I was in all the mm. conversation and I yeah. was talking and I was saying what I wanted to say. And that was the first time for me when I was like, yeah, I think like, I mean, the conversation I ended. I didn't have like second thoughts about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I was like thinking about it. And I was like, fuck, that was like, mm-hmm. I, I think I can speak German now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so I mean, it, I wish this, for this feeling to come. It always comes <laughs> up and down because like, you yeah, know, like, yeah, 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 the yeah. more conversations you have, the mm-hmm. more you, you practice it, the more comfortable you're with someone, the more mistakes you make and the more you fuck up also like everything. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're kind of like, Keeping it. If you, yeah, if you um, try it, if you practice it, and it, I know it's really, I know exactly what you mean about, um, I didn't mean to cut you off or anything, but I'm just mm-hmm. thinking of what you were saying about the jokes and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it's um, a lot of people who don't try to learn another language or they're not engulfed into another a country, they don't realize how much of their themselves that they, they lose when they try yes. to translate into another language. Yes. It's like that, that humor that you have. You try. It's hard for you to express it, and, and, which makes it a little bit more difficult to make friends sometimes, yes. and or, or to to understand certain situations because sometimes you you think, yeah, this is a great encounter I just had with someone, but maybe it, somehow you piss them off, or they think that you're dumb or you're mean, but you just <laughs> or you know, especially with this this pro, these pronouns of like see and do, you know, it's like this is. I was really worried about like, am I offending someone if I say? Uh, uh, has to decide, uh, you know, mm. when I print, when I say do to them, you know, mm-hmm. or instead of see, because the, the way. language is also like reflecting the culture. Like wh- wh- when you're mentioning like do and see, like for example, in our like um, mother tongue, we also have this mm-hmm. have a separation. Like mm-hmm. you know, there is do and there is see. So for us, it was very like okay, like natural, natural you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. in English language is totally different because mm-hmm. there is only one like pronoun, like uh, pronoun, right? Yeah, and. Um, and 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 then you understand how language is also like reflecting your culture and like at the same time reflecting your identity and mm-hmm. on, and your history and everything and upbringing. So everything is so related and you cannot like in some points like you know you just cannot be yourself enough yeah, yeah. because you cannot express yourself the way. I think you know, humor is the saddest thing. Like yeah. you talked about this in your uh, other podcast. Other podcast, yeah. yeah, a few times. I think it's it's interesting. Because I don't really think about it until I talk to people about it. You know? <laughs> no, I, I when I listened to this podcast, I was like, oh, so relatable, so relatable. Because I really feel that when I come back to it, so you know, be like, oh, that's my personality. I forgot about this. Like that's how I it's talk. It's totally different when you go back to your home country, right? And you're with your friends, and it's like, I'm this person. This yeah. is me. And having the freedom of like inventing, I think like my sense of humor was inventing words, you know. And <laughs> I cannot do it in English. No, that would be so. like okay, your English is like yeah, sense. really bad. Like I cannot ever do it in German. Like that will take forever for me, like to, to reach this level. <laughs> so my like sense of humor is like kill here. Like yeah, I don't have yeah. this. And then when you meet people, be like, that's yeah. a real order. That's it's really <laughs> crazy, right? Like when I see when I, my friends from the U.S. come and visit, then I'm. 
it takes me once I get back into it, then I'm I'm back to my old self, which I feel like I don't feel like I'm holding them back, but it's like it's there, but it's it's not fully realized. It's like it's like my next level. It's like this is me, totally <laughs> me, you know. And yeah. it's only when I'm with people that that understand, you know, yeah, me. Also, these references when you grew up, and then yeah. you have like certain I don't know jokes or things. Mm-hmm. Like I I also had like this meeting with um, a Mexican and a Peruvian friend. And it was just like, oh my god! <laughs> you know, like I mean, I I don't know you so well, but mm. I just love you yeah. because it's just like it's such like it's pure uh, happiness mm-hmm. because it's like we can relate mm-hmm. even though we don't relate. Like, and but it's just like so natural yeah. like to yeah. kind of like make jokes about the same reference, and it's just like I don't know. It's like something very beautiful. It's comforting. It's like it's special. it's this. It's yeah. this part of you that that you can't express all the time, and when True. you finally can express it, it's very special. It's uh, maybe that's what what's good about it. Maybe it's it's not such a bad thing that we have to that we can't express it all the time. Maybe it just makes it more special that when we can express it, that it's really this time. It's like it's like this like the sunset of our mm-hmm. of our life yeah. in a way. It's like this is it. this is a really beautiful time right now. This is I can be myself totally, and people mm-hmm. understand me. You know, and like this is great. And, and and also like I think this realization how we are like uh, different like uh, experiences different understandings and as an uh, understandings I'm sorry mm-hmm. and uh, and I think what's beautiful and what we are working on like you know to connect all these different people together and mm-hmm. you learn from each other like you know I, I I hear about you a lot and I understand your culture I understand what you where you come from like. What you like, and like you know, Ali is telling things, Urte is telling things, like you know, and everything is unconnected. You feel like, I, I think that's very important if in this like process, what's happening now in the world, like like the more like uh, diverse people around, and the more like we know about each other and like talk, and it, it makes everything and like, better. But I like, I'm sorry for interrupting, but no, I please. really think like, like <laughs> I recently I read like a lot of like biographies like of people that lived like before like Second World War. Or like during Second World War, like uh, they knew like most of them were from Lithuania, so but they knew hell shit of languages, you know. Like if you want to read something, you learn Spanish, you learn French, you learn German, you learn Russian, mm-hmm. because you want to read the literature. If you mm-hmm. want to be educated, you want to be this um, um, intelligent person. Like that's what you like do, and it was such a normality. Mm-hmm. Like to take in, for example, all the cultural things in their own expressions in their own language. Mm-hmm. And I think us being like super global now and so on, blah, blah, but we got stuck into one language, which is English. Mm -hmm. And then we like perceived that like, okay, we're super global. But I think like the way people approach it was like much, much, much more different. And like us, we are still limited in the amount of languages we're learning Mm -hmm. because we're still like really stuck to English because it's so Mm -hmm. comfortable. Everybody's speaking this. Yeah. And I have to say, for example, now, like, if I would come back to Lithuania, I would feel this. I still, like, feel the most comfortable with the people, like, Lithuanians mm-hmm. living here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they speak the same language as I speak. Mm-hmm. So, like, they speak Lithuanian, they speak Russian, they speak English, they speak uh, German. Mm-hmm. So, I can use whatever phrase fits the best that situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I can choose the phrase and I can use with them and they will understand it. If I come back to Lithuania, I cannot use, like, uh, past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there's some words that, like, I'm 
using all the time worst. Like, yeah, yeah. how can I use it in the Lithuanian? I will never be able to explain it. You have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But like, we're learning from each other. But the thing is, like, if I can, like, pick up, like, different things from different languages, mm-hmm. from different cultures, then I can become, like, this, like, real global person. But I think we're still limiting <laughs> ourselves to, like, singular languages, which was very different, like, yeah. before. Because people were li- really, really learning the language on a, like, to the ground, you know, mm-hmm. like to yeah. really understand, to read Dostoevsky, like, yeah. I mean, who can, like... Yeah, in Russian, like, no, yeah, it's, it's probably... But I, I think it's also a bit different, like, you know, times and situation, we have this, like, information overload, like, you know, and to learn, like, uh, multiple languages, you, like, need to be really skilled and talented, I feel like. Uh, and you it have time. to have a lot of time, <laughs> and it has to be your passion. And before, like, you know, people, like, really took, took their time, like, you know, they not, instead, like, of watching Netflix, they would learn languages. Or they yeah. have a whole yeah. choice. If you want to have like different literature that is not like just from your country you have to learn our language to be educated in a way exactly now we have also most of the things translated which is also like i don't know most of the people also like think like oh my god i need to read it in original because you understand also that the translation is not the same yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. it's like when i watch um elizabeth watch uh, like a Schwarzenegger movie in German and I'm like that's not even his voice talking yeah. German you know that Dying you have to watch it in English to get this like you know come here get to the chopper you get to hear this you know this, this way I he think talks. that's the craziest thing in Austria like I find that like they duplicate every <laughs> single thing in German and be like how like in Lithuanian and how you grew up like so that's why we know a bit of Spanish yeah <laughs> Because we watch telenovelas on TV, and it will be Spanish, mm-hmm. and it will be on top Lithuanian. So you hear the Spanish, but you, like somebody speaking on top uh. of Lithuanian. So you hear the original voice, you hear the original like mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. and then on top of your mother tongue, so you can understand. It's very confusing. It's yeah, very confusing. It's confusing. But too. that's how we learn. We we yeah. watch commercial uh-huh. like the the, the, the German the stuff yeah. also. A German also. Yeah, and it was and then for me like to hear it like Germans grew up like without like with no, like Simpsons in yeah. German and they yeah. would say like this sound better like, yeah. how? <laughs> like how could you like you don't know the original. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can also not say because Mexico is like a big big producer of like uh, how is it called dubbing. Like yeah, Mexico dubs everything. You can just do it. I mean, I yeah. totally understand why. I mean, Lithuania was just like it was too too expensive. Like one person yeah. would like do all the roles. But they don't do it. Like there are like some, of course, like some cinema, like big productions, movies. They do it. Like you know, dub, but yeah. uh, they dub it, but. Basically, like on a TV, it's never dubbed. No, it, it's very recent when it yeah. came. Like, we were grow up, like, grown up yeah. already, and then, like, it came out that, mm-hmm. like, maybe, like, cartoons or something, like, uh, like yeah. movies for kids in cinema would be, like, yeah. like with actors and everything, mm-hmm. like, different person for different character. Yeah. Like, we grew up, like, one woman, like, like dubbing Same everybody. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> Every voice. Every yeah. voice the same voice. Even the kid voices. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Like, for example, if you're... If you're a translator and then you kind of like focus into like literature and and you do poems, for example, how amazingly hard it should be to translate this. Because it's like, it's, it's. Ah, it's, it's just like, I mean, you know, it's like this expression, it's kind of like this metaphors, it's like the... Um, you need to know their culture, like, we got to know, like, very luckily, like, through this LT Art Project, uh, amazing person, he's a translator, he's Austrian, mm-hmm. 
but he happened to fall in love with Lithuanian culture <laughs> and then he learned Lithuanian mm -hmm. and he's really a big person in Lithuania, like really appreciated translator. Mm -hmm. So he translates from German to Lithuanian and okay. he as well, for example, translates poetry. He spends like, I talked with him, like I had so many questions when I met him, I was like, you're the hero. <laughs> and like, I, he takes forever, like to one, like for one poem to be translated yeah. because he, yeah. but like the thing is that he's so much into the culture. So he speaks perfectly German, of course, like he's mm -hmm. Austrian, but he knows Lithuanian culture so deeply. He like, he knows all the people, he knows the author who wrote it, like mm -hmm. why they wrote it. He knows all the history and everything. And only then the person can sit down and actually translate a poem. That's actually the only way you can translate it. That's the only it. way to translate yeah. it, yes. Yeah. Otherwise you mean, so you lose kind of like so much meaning mm -hmm. of the poem. That's amazing. Just, so just one thing, for example, the language. I, I like really miss like just... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for like self-expression and satisfaction and like really like you know identify yourself mm -hmm. with something like it makes it stronger in a certain way like True. I believe. Well, like, but like if you have like uh, nice friends around that you can actually share like share who you really are because you're not like I'm not Lithuania you know yeah, like I'm yeah, not yeah. coming in there mm -hmm. like representing Lithuania yeah. and if I can share with you like what I like to eat <laughs> or like what kind of <laughs> expressions like I think fits the station yeah. which I can do to Isla for example yeah. I'm fine like I mean it's also in in certain way like the country we grew up, the language and everything, it's not really like limiting us on our personality as no, we no, are. Of course. No, no. I but think it's I also... Think that's the point. Yeah, I, I also think it's like, very, it, it's very different. And like, I mean, it's beautiful what we have and all these friends. But of course, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's, you cannot deny there's a very different kind of like connection you have with, um, like really just like mm -hmm. this... Other people. No, yes. but, but you can say that it's, it's also very nice when you have having people from different countries oh it's really goodness. great it's so it's, it's, so it's amazing i think it's, it's so it, beautiful because yeah you have different it's experiences you can talk one value to the exactly other. exactly yes. exactly no. like, yeah. also it's, kind of like being aware of that like yeah. i mean how beautiful it is like mm -hmm. oh my god like i mean yeah we 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 kind maybe, of like grew up with the same shit we can talk <laughs> about the same shit and if you don't have anyone to express that with or like yeah. to really mm -hmm. like go within mm -hmm. then you miss it yeah a little mm -hmm. bit but mm -hmm. i think it's also mm -hmm. it's it also helps you to grow to appreciate a little bit more what you you know what you sometimes would take advantage of you're still living if i was still in the u.s I would, I would just be talking to everybody like this blah 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 but um you know, when I'm back there, I realize that I that I miss talking like that. But when I'm here, I really don't think about it so much yeah. at all, actually. I love hanging out with my friends. I have really great friends here, and we talk, and I have a great time talking to them. And I think it's interesting having my perspective and then their perspective even might be a little bit different, but, you know, it's it, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. No, definitely. And uh, I know I, 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 like, very often think that I'm so, like, lucky and happy because the life I have now and I have this uh, like friends and family from everywhere like um, it, 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 uh, it's what I wanted mm -hmm. I, I think when I was a teenager or something like I heard someone saying or it was written somewhere in a book or I have now I cannot remember but to know people from different cultures and countries is the same as traveling without physically traveling that's true <laughs> That's true. That's and Especially if they cook for you. 
Mm. Then you get the you get the whole experience. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I just, it just made me realize that like maybe I cannot connect to this feeling because I ended up having sister here. So like I have the person who like the only person that can understand me in any like. She grew me, mm. <laughs> so I, like she knows everything. <laughs> so like I don't even need to talk. She knows. Yeah. So I think maybe like that's why I could never ever relate actually mm. to the feeling of missing out of your. Mm culture of your yeah, real self true. or something that I always have a person to talk to. That's, yeah, that's really good too. But I think it's, um, also what I was thinking before was, um, I'm, I'm sometimes afraid of the way I come out, come across to people because of where I come from. So, you know, in Texas, we're just really open and I, it can, it can come across as being very, uh, superficial or kind of hollow, you know, like, um, I'm very friendly with, I meet you and I, you know, I like to get, to, you know, I do a podcast because I want to talk and stuff and talk and get to know people. But I felt like coming here, sometimes it, or just moving to another area, I think it's not just Vienna, but wherever, but it's, um, I'm afraid that some people will take it as like wanting something from some, from mm -hmm. them or I'm disingenuous or I don't know. I like, I try not to think about it too much, but it's just different cultures, you know, coming together and, and me trying to be, stay true to who I am, but also trying to adapt to the culture here yeah. and then trying not to let the culture here adapt me too much, you know, because yeah, I don't want to lose, yeah. I don't want to lose what I am, who I was or what I am, but you know, it's hard when, when you're in a different country sometimes, you know. I think in a way you kind of like keep on involving yourself, evolving. Yeah. <laughs> evolving, yeah. Involving so, and evolving. Involving, involving yourself. I'm going to involve no, myself here. Evolving by involving. Yeah. True. But, but, you know, like, I mean, in a part, you will always kind of, like, lose a part of you every mm -hmm. time you're changing. Yeah. But yeah. you're also taking something mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Gain also. Definitely. That's true. So, um, I mean, it's kind of, like, funny just to be able to kind of, like, go back and and you see also because when when you're i don't know so if it has happened to you but when you're back home mm -hmm. it's also like what the fuck like i mean what's this you know like i mean we're you know yeah. in a way we're so different yeah yeah yeah, yeah and it's no. like i'm somewhere else i, I totally and agree. then you kind of like also it's kind of like this reversed so <laughs> there's like this this uh, longing part, mm -hmm. which is also kind of like beautiful and poetical, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to experience it. Uh, it just, I don't know, is it like it's it's part of this like changing and. It's changing, but it, it, a lot of times it's changing for, for the better, the better. and yeah, yes. like I remember first coming here and going to someone's house for the first time. And then getting this really weird look when I kept my shoes on, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And the people, the other people there, were like, "What the fuck is this guy doing with his <laughs> fucking shoes on in my house?" And I'm like, "What is going on?" And then took my shoes off, and then I realized that's really a thing. And I'm like, and then now going back to the U.S. and first thing I do when I come into anybody's house, <laughs> I take off my shoes, and they're like, "What are you doing with your shoes?" I'm like, Why "I don't want to fuck up your carpet." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really weird, but it's. I think it's. It's definitely better to take off your shoes before you go into a house. But, but still, I go back to home and I go to to my sister's house or somebody's house, and I'm like, 
they have their shoes on. And I'm like, that's just kind of gross. I don't want to. <laughs> and then I like, I have to wear my shoes because then I'm just stepping in what they stepped in. And but but that's, that's the thing. Like you know, you also the more you know, the more you can choose and like create your own life the way you want. Like inspired by different things True. Like, around like, your experience. You True. can choose. Like you yeah. know, you, 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 you prefer yeah. to put your uh, have your shoes on. You keep it. Yeah, exactly. If you prefer to keep it off because you experience what it feels. Exactly. You, you put it off. It's exactly. definitely better to keep shoes off. That's good. <laughs> I totally agree, but I will not. It, you know, your house, your rules. You know, you come in. You want me to put more shoes on? I'll put <laughs> shoes on my hands. Whatever you want. If I walk on all fours, your house. Um, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, the first few years were definitely a culture shock for me. But I think um, the art scene here, after a while of getting into it, really. Um, really grew on me and it helped me um, to be where I am now, you know? Mm -hmm. And it really, I, if I had to say anything, it, it started with Justice and it started with the Improper Walls Gallery because it was actually Improper Walls that allowed me to be in my first exhibition in, in Vienna, the group show, the um, Sugar and Spice show. Yeah, and everything nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar and Spice and everything nice. And this was such a cool, it was such a cool thing because hearing from, from uh, Eustace and he was really liked my sweater man characters and at this time I was like I don't know if I want to do this anymore because my, my art was I was like trying to go in another direction kind of but I didn't know where I was going I need I was in this kind of weird field in between everything but it was just cool that somebody invited me to do that and I felt so welcome in your gallery I felt like I was in like I was at the place I needed to be if that makes sense like this was Anywhere else in Vienna, like, this is where I am supposed to be, and this is where, this is where people like me can, can feel welcome and can express myself. And, uh, yeah, I never thanked you guys for that. It's really thankful. It's very really nice to hear. It's really, it's really cool, and I always, I always think about that first exhibition and stuff, and it was really, it was really cool. It was really nice. And, yeah, all the other exhibitions, every time I go there, it, it feels like I'm coming back to, to old friends and... And everybody that goes there to see the shows, everybody's cool. So thank you, so beautiful. Thank you yeah, for joining no the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. And thank you guys for coming to the to the podcast and checking this out and talking about <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> I think we can keep on talking about different. We can. Different I think topics. it's great. That's what I love about about this medium is because for us it's a great conversation, and to others it's it could be. Uh, interesting to listen to or just have in the background and work and paint or whatever or whatever they're doing but um yeah i'm really i'm really happy that you guys came and we were able to talk about everything and um before we sign off if you want to like talk about your website or what's coming up and everything real quick or your instagram just plug away so everybody can find you online um, online, it's very easy, Improper Walls, type in Improper Walls, we on still on Facebook, we planning to leave at some point, yeah. so we have also a Telegram channel now, still not sure if it's better, but we're trying everything out, so you can also like follow us on Telegram now, if you're not on Facebook, or you don't want to be anymore, um, Instagram, sure, um, we have our Patreon, it's also Improper Walls, um, uh, website of course, improperwalls.com, Everything um, you can find there. Also, we have two open calls now, so check it out. 
on the uh, on the Patreon with different levels. You have different levels for um, yes, they have different tiers, but I mean, it's it's I think it's one five and ten euros or something like that. No, 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 no. The, I don't know. Also, but I think it starts from three to thirty dollars yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, check it out definitely because it, it helps out in proper walls. And a lot. It, uh, and you're getting a print. If, you, if you're if donating right. a, a, a bigger amount. Uh, um, an amount? An amount? Sorry. Like. <laughs> you, you can really check in Patreon. What you yeah, it's get. all on the Patreon yes. site. So how do they find the Patreon site? Do they just go to Patreon and type in the proper walls? Proper walls. Yeah. It's easy. Walls. It's everywhere. Type in proper walls. Uh, in everywhere. Just everywhere. type it everywhere. <laughs> type it on somebody's forehead. <laughs> type it in the ATM machine. Type it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, check it out and um, and support because supporting galleries like Improper Walls also supports all of the creative community in, in Vienna and it's very important for us to support each other in this in this time definitely at all times but especially now because you can't plan a week in advance two months in advance even because we don't know what's going to happen so it's important that we all support each other somehow so do that and yeah thank you guys so much for being here yeah thank you Rob it was yeah. a great pleasure yeah, okay. <laughs> and yeah we'll see you guys at the next exhibition hopefully all together hopefully <laughs> cool okay awesome thank you no